Hello and welcome to Not Just a Sports Report. Today I'm going to be jumping into my New Zealand Warriors 2022 NRL season preview. Uh, I'm sweating my fucking balls off right now. It is super hot, really dry, really sticky heat in Melbourne at the moment. Uh, When I record my podcast, I'd like to turn my fan off just so that there's not a fan going throughout the entirety of the podcast. Uh, So do forgive me right now. I'm sweating. I'm a bit of a mess. Uh, It's really hot. Uh, But we push through, we digress, we have an NRL season preview to get to, so let's get to that now. But first, just a quick socials plug. Uh, If you want to follow us on Instagram and keep up to date with my NRL content, uh, as well as UFC, Survivor, and plenty of other upcoming content, uh, follow us on Instagram at notjustasportsreport. You'll be able to keep up to date with everything. Uh, And follow us on Spotify, and you'll be able to see whenever new podcasts are posted. I'm going to be jumping through a heap of NRL season previews uh, in a pretty short amount of time. Uh, So if you follow us on Spotify, you'll be able to see whenever the next preview comes out. So with that being said, let's get straight into it. We have got the New Zealand Warriors NRL 2022 season preview. Alright, I'd like to get this uh, podcast started as well, just letting everyone know, uh, not only do I have a bit of a creaking chair situation right now, uh, but I'm also a New Zealand Warriors fan, so uh, am I going to be a little bit biased here? Absolutely. Uh, Am I going to pump up my team and get hyped? Yeah, yeah I am. Uh, So, look, I, I tried to be as realistic as possible but I'm also a supporter Uh, I'm not going to be riding off my team before the season starts so I'll just put that out there I'm a huge Warriors fan uh, and keep that in mind as this podcast goes along now it's been really disappointing for the Warriors we made the 2011 grand final of course uh, Sean Johnson's first season things looked really good obviously we didn't win that game against the Seagulls But it seemed like we were really heading in the right direction uh, with Ivan Cleary as the coach as well. Unfortunately, Cleary left, uh, I think it was the very following year. It was either 2012 or 2013, but I believe he left immediately after the grand final. Uh, And we thought that things were going to be really good for the Warriors and that the future was bright, but it has been a really painful last decade. Uh, Only one finals appearance in the last decade. Uh, That was under Stephen Kearney. But things just have not been working. Uh, It's been a really miserable time being a Warriors fan. Now, the last couple of seasons, they have redeemed themselves, even though they haven't made the finals. Uh, The whole staying away from home situation has really uh, redeemed them in a lot of people's eyes. And as a Warriors fan as well, I just appreciated it a lot that they stayed. They made sacrifices uh, and I was willing to forgive them not making finals the last couple of years, especially the first year where they stayed away from home uh, and they had Todd Payton. I thought they played amazing. I was really liking the direction the club was heading in there, Uh, but unfortunately we didn't get to hold on to Todd Payton. Now, uh, for each podcast and each team, I've been listing an X Factor player as well as one to watch. Now, my X Factor player for the Warriors I am going to go with Sean Johnson, returning to the club from the Sharks after a couple of years away. Now, I wasn't going to heap pressure on the shoulders of Reese Walsh, who was another X-Factor player. He's a really young kid. I still think 
He needs time to find his feet. There are still going to be mistakes in his game. Uh, and the same thing kind of happened to Sean Johnson for years, where he burst onto the scene uh, as an absolute star. And then there was just so much pressure placed on his shoulders, especially being in the number seven jersey, uh, to kind of get the Warriors to where they needed to be. But he'd had so many coaching changeovers, Sean Johnson, a lot of different coaches. Uh, and the team was kind of evolving around him. There were some times where I felt like the players around him weren't really bringing the best out of his game uh, with the greatest respect of the players. I think now the squad is in a much better position. I think Sean Johnson's in a better position. Uh, he's a more, ma- uh, more mature sorry, and a more refined player as he returns from his stint at the Cronulla Sharks. Now, obviously, Sean had a lot of issues with the pressure being placed on him from a very young age, but now I really do believe that Sean Johnson is ready to be that X-Factor halfback that wins games. It doesn't have to necessarily be his steps or the flashy plays that win games, but rather his game management and composure with a more capable team around him, uh, and I think there is going to be a much better version of Sean Johnson, put it that way. I think he's going to come back a much more improved player. I think, as I said, he's got better guys around him now. He's got Dallin Wotenig-Zelezniak most likely taking that spot on the right wing, so he's got a really quality finisher on the wing outside him, and he's got a mad forward pack too. The Warriors forward pack is in a great position at the moment. I really like our forward rotation. So I think that's the go forward is there. Uh, the back line is there with guys like DWZ and uh, Reese Walsh. So all the makings are there for this team to be successful. But yeah, I've kept the faith many years. There have almost every season heading into the season. Uh, any Warriors fan will know. It's our year. Every year is our year. Uh, But unfortunately, it's yet to actually be our year. Uh, So, a lot to get excited for. We do have the loss of Roger Tuivasa-Shek as well, which sucks. Reese Walsh was an awesome replacement. Uh, There was talk, though, that the Dolphins are going to be looking to get him and uh, that we might not not, have Reese Walsh on the books for too long, which is really shit to hear. Uh, But Roger Tuivasa-Shek was such a massive loss. I was gutted that he left. He's gone to my rugby union team of the Auckland Blues, so I guess that's all right, but I preferred him in rugby league and specifically at the Warriors. Uh, Just how big a loss he's going to be, I think we're going to find out throughout this season. He was such a leader, Uh, he got through a heap of meters, just an absolute workhorse, was able to set up tries. So we've got Reese Walsh coming in and he's honestly the perfect replacement in my eyes, but you can't replace Roger Tuivasa-Shek. They bring different skill sets, and they're also at different levels of experience at this point in their respective careers. Now, the Warriors have been a mess for years, and us Warriors fans are very loyal, so we have kept the faith every step of the way, really hoping that things could turn around. Now, for me, the turning point, uh, I really, really like Cameron George, our CEO. Now, with the greatest respect to Stephen Kearney, uh, I actually thought his sacking was the turning point. Uh, As a Warriors fan, I thought... I didn't feel as though this was the coach that was going to get us to where we needed to be. Uh, Other people may disagree with that, but just from watching week to week, uh, the teams that were being rolled out, just little things like we had Chance Nicole Klockstad, or Klockstad, I believe his name's pronounced now. Um, We had him playing in our resis, playing really well, got very limited time in first grade, and it's like, yeah, Roger Tuivasa-Shek was there on the wing, but Chance can play center, he can play wing, Uh, And every week there were fans on the Warriors post saying, put him in the team, put him in the team. 
We didn't see him in the team. And I just thought the kind of the setup under Stephen Kearney wasn't kind of what I wanted from the Warriors. But since then, I've really been a fan of the way that Cameron George and just the whole Warriors organization have gone about things. I loved having Peter O'Sullivan on board too, as far as recruitment went. That is something or an area rather that I think we really struggled for a lot of years. Obviously, we know the amount of players we brought over or brought over like Ryan Hoffman. I remember being excited for Dane Nielsen at the time playing for the Melbourne Storm. He was a premiership winner. He'd played for the Queensland Maroons in State of Origin. He comes over to us. Korea, never the same. Uh, Denon Kemp, the famous beak. Warriors, uh, no, Broncos, sorry, top try scorer. Absolutely unbelievable talent. Looks the goods right up there in the try scoring uh, in his first couple of uh, career seasons. And it comes to Warriors. And yeah, again, Korea, never really the same. There's been a heap of players where it's happened. Uh, we've had a lot of guys come to the club and then they haven't really kicked on. But that has changed. That really has changed. Uh, one perfect example is Tohu Harris. They say you can't sign a player from the Storm. Uh, they're not going to come over and be the same player. Well, Tohu Harris has gotten even better. He's become such a leader of the club. Uh, and there are other signings as well that just really signify just the change. Uh, these signings, I think, are the right ones and just totally different because we have signed a lot of high-profile guys over the years, uh, but not all of them have gone well. Some of them have. Uh, Brent Tate went really well. Stephen Price went really well. Uh, Ruben Wiki went really well. But there were more examples of really quality players coming over that just did not kick on at the Warriors. So there was something to like look at in that regard. But now I'm really happy with our signings. We're attracting quality players like Adam Fanua Blake, Matthew Lodge. Reese Walsh was a really underrated signing, especially because everyone knew... Shut the fuck up, that truck. Uh, it actually did. Uh, but yeah, we when the Warriors let go of Roger Tuovasashek, or it was announced that he was going to be leaving, there was heaps of speculation, like, who's going to be the fullback? Are they going to get Scott Drinkwater? Or like, are they going to sign Jerome Hughes and play him at fullback? There were all these different scenarios. But the Warriors went out and got the best young prospect on the market, which I thought was a great call. I'd actually seen Reese Walsh play a couple of times. I'd seen him play... Uh, in an Australian schoolboys game, uh, Sam Walker played in the same game at halfback. Uh, so I knew who Reese Walsh was, and I was actually really excited about that signing. Of course, Adam Fanua Blake was a huge signing. Matt Lodge, uh, who's another one rumored to be going to the Dolphins, he was a great signing. Uh, and then you've got other guys like Bailey Sirinan, quality signing, Ewan Aitken. And I just think the way we've gone about signing players is a lot better now. I really like some of our signings for 2023. Luke Metcalf is an incredibly talented player, can play in the halves or at fullback. I'm really excited to see him link up with the Warriors. Uh, and we've, of course, signed Murata Niokore, who originally came through the Warriors' under-20 system, moved to Australia for more opportunity at the Parramatta Eels. He's since become one of their really quality forwards, and he's an important part of their best 17. So Murata Niokore, he's at the right age too. I think he's only like 25 or something like that. So I think he's really going to turn into a Ford leader. So I've really liked the new approach in terms of signings. We're getting the right guys in. Uh, at times, I think we're kind of moving some of the wrong guys on, but the, a lot of the time we're moving the right people on. Uh, a couple of guys that I was a bit upset to see go, uh, Isaiah Papali'i, he has kicked on unbelievably at the Parramatta Eels, but I do understand, I think, where we're looking at uh, Eliezer Katoa, 
or Eliezer Katoa. I need to work out how to say that properly. Uh, and a few of our other back rowers, uh, we didn't have that kind of need for him, or at least in the roster manager's mind. And they were kind of looking at playing him in the middle, which I think he wanted to play on the edge. And we saw when he went to the Eels last year, just how quality he can, can be on the edge. Sorry. Uh, now, another one that we let go of that I was really sad with was Adam Kieran. I actually thought Adam Kieran was a really quality player. He played his last game for us at left center and scored a hat-trick. And that just proved his utility value. He'd spent time at hooker and in the halves throughout that season. So Adam Kieran, I wasn't too happy that we let go of him. We, of course, saw him play left center for the Roosters last year and played really well as well. So we've let go of a couple of guys that have really kicked on elsewhere. Uh, but for the most part, I think we're keeping the right guys around and that we are shifting on some of the guys that maybe we can spend that money elsewhere. Uh, one guy I'm really happy that we've held on to is Bunty Afor. He is one of my favorite Warriors players. He's one of my favorite players in the NRL. Uh, not a lot, not often you see props run at full tilt, like all the time. Bunty does, and yes, yeah, sometimes he'll drop the ball or knock it on, but honestly, I, I don't mind. If he can run with that intent all the time, which he does just straight off the back fence, uh, then that's all I want from him. It's such a great part of the team that when the Warriors have Adam Fanua Blake and Matt Lodge rolling through opposition forward packs, and then the forward packs, you know, they'll see Adam Fanua Blake come off and be like, okay, sweet, like, oh, I'm done tackling that big bopper. Like, now I can have a little bit of a uh, breath or maybe an easier uh, prop to have to tackle. And then you've got fucking Buntia Afoa running like an absolute man possessed at you. So I love having Bunty in the team. I think if we see some injuries, I'd love to see him start in the front row. I really rate Bunty highly, and he is one of my favorite players at the Warriors. Now, as I was saying earlier, the turning point in my mind was when Stephen Kearney was sacked. That was a really bold call from Cameron George uh, to make a call like that during the pandemic when everyone was staying away from home, including the coach in Stephen Kearney. But I love the way Cameron George operates. Uh, I think it was a good decision in the end. Now, is the current coach the right coach? I don't know. Uh, the kind of the way I felt about Stephen Kearney is how I feel about Nathan Brown, unfortunately. Now, he did an awesome job uh, at the Knights to attract some names like Callum Ponga. He brought over David Klemmer from the Bulldogs. He blooded the Saifidi twins very early on in their career. He would have obviously liked to develop them a bit more, but they're just their roster wasn't in the place to do so. So he blooded the Saifidi twins very early on, and we've seen just how good they are becoming now. Uh, and he signed Mitchell Pierce, and he really attracted people to the Knights, which were a club that was struggling immensely, like a couple of wooden spoons. They were looking destined for more wooden spoons. Nathan Brown really turned them around, but then uh, he did get sacked. And to be honest, I know it was very controversial at the time, but from placing some money on <laughs> the Knights that season, kind of for the players they had, it, it wasn't really working, and it, he did really well at the Dragons. He did really well when he was a coach at the Dragons, but again, they just didn't quite have that next level. Like, as soon as Wayne Bennett went there, bang, premiership contenders, whereas they didn't really have that under Nathan Brown. They were there or thereabouts. Uh, so I have a lot of question marks on Nathan Brown. I would have much preferred, if I'm honest, uh, for Todd Payton to have stayed on, but he chose to go to the Cowboys. Uh, and then to think of which coaches are out there, I'm like, someone like a Shane Flanagan I would like. Uh, but 
I really don't know about Nathan Brown. I really don't. And he's the coach of my team, so I, and I'm a supporter, so I'm going to give him every chance. I'm going to be supporting them. I'm not going to be putting shit on Nathan Brown throughout the season. I really want everyone to succeed. Uh, but just as a fan, I do have some question marks on Nathan Brown. There were times last year as well where he just would openly say, you know, like, we're not at the level of those top teams. Uh, and, like, I'm just like, I don't know. Yeah, I guess, like, he obviously has experience. I have no experience coaching or dealing with NRL players. But if you tell these guys, like, yeah, you're, you're just not on the same level yet, then they're going to believe that. Like, of course they're going to believe that. Why, why, why is that the message? Why is that the message? It's like, we're not quite there with the top teams yet. But fucking get there. Get there. Like, don't just be like, yeah, we like that little bit of class. Like, you're the coach. This is your job to get us competitive with those teams. Uh, so yeah, just little things like that make me wonder. Uh, and it does make me a little bit worried that maybe we're going to see a very lackluster season from the Warriors. But Nathan Brown, he's the coach of my team. I'm going to back him in. I'm going to back him in for a successful season. Let's hope he can prove a lot of the doubt is wrong. He had a lot of success when he was over in the English Super League as a coach. Uh, and I do think the makings are there for a successful Warriors side under Nathan Brown. It's also really important that we have some stability because we have burnt through a ton of coaches since Ivan Cleary. We had Brian McLennan, uh, Tony Iroh coached very briefly. Uh, who else did we have? We had Stephen Kearney. I think there was someone else before Stephen Kearney as well. Matthew Elliott. Yeah, like weird, weird coaching choices. There still has... Oh, we had Andrew McFadden as well. So yeah, a hell of a lot of coaches. So we do need to kind of give Nathan Brown some time. Uh, I would have liked to see another coach get the gig, but now that Nathan Brown has it, it's like, let's actually give him some time here to build something. Uh, but in my opinion, if we're not competitive with the top eight sides this year, then something needs to change. And I think it's hard because if we do fire Nathan Brown, what's that going to do? Who are we going to... We need someone else to bring in now. I would have loved Craig Fitzgibbon. He would have, he was my first preference when the Warriors were first looking for a coach. I know the Warriors contacted him, but he wasn't interested in the role. But Craig Fitzgibbon was absolutely my number one preference. I thought that was the kind of coach we needed. Uh, another couple of options, Jason Riles, potentially, who has served some time at the Melbourne Storm, uh, English Rugby Union under Eddie Jones. And he is at the Roosters, I think, this season. So someone like Jason Riles, I thought could be a good coach, but Nathan Brown's got the gig, so let's back him in. I'm going to give him every chance to be successful, but just as part of my preview, uh, when it came to the coach, I did write down that I have massive question marks. So I really, really hope Nathan Brown can prove me wrong. I hope at the end of the season I say, man, this is the man for the job. Like, this is the guy I want coaching the Warriors. Uh, the potential's there, most definitely, but... We've got to see the results. It's time now. I've even seen a lot of the players. I've seen guys like Cody Nicarima and Ewan Aitken come out and say, like, yeah, we're staying away from home. It's tough. It's hard. But now we're here to make the top eight. Like, we're not fucking here to waste time anymore. We are here to be a top eight team. Uh, and it sounds like they feel like now is the time. That's how I feel as well. So I, I'm really, really keen on a big season. I think the players are going to be keen on a big season. I think Nathan Brown is going to be very keen to get his side into the top eight and prove that he is the man for this job. So a lot of question marks on Nathan Brown, 
but there's also potential for this to be a really, really good experience for him. If he can prove uh, that the team is improving rapidly, then I think we may see him get extended uh, for another couple of years, but there's 20, what, 25 rounds to play, so we'll know a little bit more as the season progresses. I do have question marks on Nathan Brown, but as I said, I'm going to back him in. I am a Warriors fan. I'm not here to talk shit about my the coach. He's not my coach. <laughs> He's a Warriors coach, but I'm not here to talk shit about the coach. I'm not here to talk shit about the players. Uh, I'm a fan. I'm a supporter, and it's okay to talk. Uh, I, I like constructive criticism, but I'm not here to just, you know, oh, these fucking players aren't even having a go or having a dig. It's like, yes, they are. Honestly, like, the players... I reckon care more than the fans a lot of the time. The fans, yeah, we're super passionate. We care a lot. But these are the guys out there for 80 minutes putting their bodies on the line, training so intensely week to week, day to day to get themselves right and prepare for these games all week. Uh, there's contract situations, there's future. It is such a fickle business where if a player's not performing, a club will find a way to get you off the books. They'll find someone who'll pay half your contract they'll get rid of you they'll kick you to the curb so it's a really really ruthless game rugby league uh and just means a, a great deal to these players it really does they care just as much as we do uh the only difference is i go about my week uh yeah i'll think about the games but i'll go about my week and then i'll sit down and i'll watch my team play on the weekend and yeah complain like oh these guys are playing shit uh we suck again you know but it's like, I'm just sitting my ass on the couch. These guys have been training all week for this. They've been preparing. They've been eating right. Think about what they eat. Which, yeah, if it's an athlete, it doesn't sound that hard. How fucking good's KFC? Like, drive past KFC and be like, damn, you know what? A Zinger box would tick all the right boxes right now. But then it's like, oh, they don't for the sake of their preparation. I mean, some do. I would. Uh, but... You know, for the sake of their preparation, they're eating right. They're not taking shortcuts. They're making a lot of sacrifices just to make sure they can put their best foot forward on game day. Uh, so I, I'm not one to talk shit about my team or really any team. There's no teams in the NRL that I hate. Uh, I think it's cool. It's part of the game where a lot of fans have teams that they hate. I mean, if you're a Rooster supporter, you hate the Rabbitohs fans and the Rabbitohs team, vice versa. Uh, but there's not really a team that I hate. I, can, I really appreciate a lot of players in every squad. Uh, I appreciate the coaches, and I just love the game. So I don't really like to talk shit about players or coaches. I hate the narratives about, like, this coach should get sucked. So I'm not gonna, I'm going to be doing NRL content all through this year, round-to-round um, -round previews. But uh, as for Nathan Brown, I, I'm not going to be heaping pressure on him. I'm not going to talk about potential sacking. We'll see how everything plays out. Uh, but I'm going to be backing Nathan Brown in all the way up until the fucking point where it's like, until I don't, until I don't. And when I don't, I'm not going to be like, let's sack this guy. I'll just, I just won't back him. But until then, he's got my full backing. The Warriors have got my full backing. I really like the team. I really like the direction that the club is heading in. So it's a massive 2022 season ahead. Now, another major point that I have for the Warriors that exists somewhat with the other teams, but not on the same level uh, the Warriors have been away from home for so long. The last time we played a home game was 2019. Uh, just crazy. Just really, really fucking crazy. Obviously, the start of the 2020 season, we faced the Newcastle Knights. Uh, after that, very shortly after that game, it was like, 
you guys are going to have to stay. They've had to sacrifice so much. They stayed away from their families. Now that they have their families in Australia, like by the time we play a game in New Zealand, it will have been three years. These players have had to relocate their children to new schools in a new country, away from their friends, away from their family. They have had to bring their partners to a new country, away from their support base back home. Uh, and family, if you don't know this with uh, a lot of the Pacific Islander players and the Maori players, sorry, I'm just clicking my torch. Uh, they're very, very family orientated. Family is so important to them. A lot of them, like the money that they make from playing footy, it, they're not going out and buying these like flash cars and living, you know, living it up and getting the coolest new shoes. Like a lot of the time they're giving back to their family. They're taking care of their family. Uh, it is family values are so important in the Pacific Island and Maori communities, uh, which is something that doesn't get talked about a lot either. I know other media outlets have brought it up uh, at times, but when you actually just think about how difficult this must have been, it's crazy, all while still having to be competitive at NRL level. Uh, and yeah, the pandemic, I think, was a major reason as to why Roger Tuivasa-Shek left. Obviously, he may have still left, but I think being away from Auckland really affected him, having a newborn child, that he obviously made huge sacrifices to stay in Australia and captain the Warriors. A lot of these guys, without their families, away from home, in another country, you're not from going from Sydney to Brisbane, um, and it's so unclear, like you don't know when you're going to be able to go back and see uh, your family back home in Auckland. You don't know when you're going to go home. Auckland is home for these players and they haven't been home. I mean, they've had time to go home in this three years, but uh, it, it's just wild. Like it, it must be incredibly hard. And that's why no matter what, this team has my full support. Uh, I would have honestly understood if it got to the point where it was like, we can't feel the team. I know when David Fusatua and Ken Malmalo and then uh, last year Lisa Armal, when they left before the season was finished, I was okay with that. Uh, I didn't feel like it was a situation where it's like, you know, they should be docked their pay because it was, it was crazy. It was like, you've got to stay away from your family. We don't know people's situations. We don't know if someone has a parent that is ill that needs to be cared for. Like, we don't know their responsibilities at home. And as I said, their family values are so important and some of these like families they need need these players at home like they actually need it's not like it's not like they're like you know oh, i don't want to stay away from home like oh i'm like a footy player who gets paid heaps I, I don't want to do this like it's not like that it's like i feel like the ones who left needed to leave and to be honest i didn't i don't want them playing in a warriors jersey at at the time like if they are not mentally up to it if they're struggling, I think it's better to let them go back and tend to what they need to because we're not going to get their best performances when they're in a really bad place. So we, of course, saw players leave. We've been away from home for so long. But hopefully this season, hopefully they are scheduled to play some games in New Zealand. I really, really hope we get to that point. And one interesting note, if the Warriors can start the season well, then that gives them huge momentum for the return to New Zealand. And if we can have that New Zealand return in the back half of the season... And really get a huge crowd. The crowds will be huge. The support will be huge. And then there's potential for the Warriors to really, really kick on and do some special things in the NRL this year. Now, my one to watch for the Warriors coming into this season. There are a few that uh, honourable mentions. I was looking at Rocco Berry. Uh, he's played quite a few games now, though. Not quite a few, but he's played more than the guy that I've picked. 
Uh, I was also looking at Ed Cozy, who is the winger, really quality winger. I think we'll see him playing a lot more NRL this season. But my one to watch is the young dummy half, Taniella Otukolo, who is a really, really quality hooker. He's been coming through our grades for a little while now. There have been huge raps on him. We saw his make, him make his NRL debut last year, but <clears throat> I think we're going to see a lot more from him this season. Obviously, Wade Egan is going to start in that number nine jersey. Uh, Cody Nicarima may be deployed in the hooking position as well, so I don't think we're going to see Taniella early on in the season, but we do know that there are most likely going to be COVID disruptions. The NRL are also fucking very suspension happy. They'll sit a guy on the sideline for four weeks for something pretty minor so we don't know when suspensions are going to come into play there are always injuries now we've got COVID disruptions and one position that the Warriors are quite light on is a dummy half we only really have Egan obviously Jazz Tavaga could play there or Jazz Tavanga sorry uh, but he prefers to be playing as a middle forward and I like him a lot more as a middle forward so I think that opens the door for Taniela Otukolo to play a lot more first grade this year I think as he develops we're going to see a real star. Now Wade Egan is still young. There are all the makings for him to be our long-term hooker. He's still got plenty of years ahead of him. But I think Taniella is going to be pushing him. I think this kid is our next long-term number nine. Uh, so I am really, really keen to see how he develops uh, and how he goes when he gets some more time in first grade this year. So Taniella Otukolo is my one to watch this season. Keep an eye out for him. I think he's going to be a great value uh, lesser known player who's going to come on and really be able to turn the game. I love what I see from Taniella, so he is my one to watch for the Warriors. Now, next up, I'm going to jump into the first 10 games of the season. Uh, I'll also have a look just at the draw when the Warriors are scheduled to play in New Zealand. But please forgive me, I'm pulling this up on my phone right now. I am also sweating bullets. This is ridiculous i'm wheezing it's fucking it's like what is going on now the new zealand warriors open their season uh on at sunshine coast stadium which i used to live on the sunshine coast love that stadium actually a dope stadium so warriors open the season at sunshine coast stadium against the dragons which i think that's a winnable game but i think the dragons are one of the more unassuming teams this year that could go really really well so i can see us losing that game i can see us winning that game uh, that's kind of how it goes as a Warriors fan, you know, you take on the number one, sorry, I'm clicking this again, <laughs> you take on, you know, a Roosters or a Storm or a Panthers, and if you're a Warriors fan, you'll know, like, you check Sportsbet, and it's like, oh, Warriors underdogs, I'm going to put money on this, because the Warriors, at their best, we can beat anyone, but then it'll be like, you know, the Warriors versus the Bulldogs, and it's like, oh, we're the favourites, like, yeah, we'll probably win, but then we don't, so... It's always hard to pick the Warriors games. Now, in round two, they'll be going to the Gold Coast to take on the Gold Coast Titans. Definitely another game that could go either way. I'm going to back the Warriors in. Let's say they get the first two wins of the season. Again, biased fan moment. Definitely 100% biased. And I apologize. I Throughout the season, I'm going to try not to be, as I do reviews and stuff. But it just feels wrong. It feels wrong to be doing a podcast and be a true supporter of the Warriors and then, you know, put them down. Be like, no, they're going to lose this game. Uh, until they lose, then then we'll cross that bridge. But I am I'm a, Warriors fan, a Warriors fan, sorry, so I have them winning those first two games. Then they've got the Tigers in Campbelltown in round three. Yet another game. Could go either way. I can definitely see us beating the Tigers. I can see 
everyone betting the Tigers. To be honest, I put them, my prediction for the West Tigers, sorry, uh, just adjusting my seat. My prediction for the West Tigers was that they are going to finish 16th this season. Now, I don't know whether that will happen. Usually when I pick a team for the Wooden Spoon, they go a little bit better than that. But I've got the Tigers in the bottom four, so... I'm hoping the Warriors win that, but also I can visualize the Tigers beating us. I can visualize them beating us well. Like, that's the thing with the Warriors. You really you really just don't know. Uh, now, in round four, we'll be taking on the Broncos. Now, that's a home game for us, but it is being played in Redcliffe. So, basically a home game for the Broncos, and it's the same case in round five. Uh, it is the Warriors versus the Cowboys in Redcliffe. Uh, Redcliffe in Queensland, North Queensland Cowboys, New Zealand Warriors. So who's that really a home game for? Then, uh, by the way, I can see us winning all five of those first games. I can see us losing all five. So hard to tell which way that's going to go. Let's hope they win at least four out of the five. I really want to see a good start to the season. There have been so many seasons where the Warriors have started poorly. We'll pick it up during origin time, won't we? Like, players will go out during origin time, we'll make this run, fans get excited, origin finishes, and then in a lot of seasons in the last 10 years, we shit the bed hard towards the back end of the season. That's kind of how it goes. Poor start, uh, decent middle of the season as origin and everything takes place, and then a full bed shit at, in the last however many weeks of the season. So we're slowly starting to turn that around. That hasn't been the case in the last couple of seasons. I still do think we are improving, so let's just hope. Let's just hope. But that is what makes the Warriors' start to the season so crucial. We need to kind of break that trend. The one season that we did make the eight in the last 10 years, uh, we beat the Rabbitohs, I believe, in round one. I remember because I went away to a three- or four-day festival. Uh, it got pretty bent out of my mind, and I made sure, because it was the same weekend as round one of the NRL, uh, I recorded the Warriors game. I was like, I am not not missing this, I don't want to know, I stayed off social media, which is pretty easy when you're like fucking in the middle of nowhere in a bush, uh, but yeah, I came home, even on the way home, like phone, no Instagram, no Facebook, I don't fucking want to know the Warriors score, and then I came back, uh, I sat down, and the Warriors beat the Rabbitohs, that game was in Perth, I believe, round one, uh, and I felt really good, I was like, this is this is what I want to see, a great start. It's been so long since we've had a good start, and we made the top eight that year. So a good start is imperative for the Warriors this season. I think if they have a bad start, we could see a really, really poor season from them. But they, they really want to make, make amends for the last couple of seasons, and I feel really confident that they're going to come out of the gates firing, and I am manifesting a very strong start to the season. Now, in round six, we'll take on the Roosters in Sydney at Sydney Cricket Ground. Uh, I can't be biased on that. I'll be going for the Warriors. I'll probably be punting on the Warriors. But if I had to pick a winner right now, let's say Roosters win that. So Warriors, five wins, one loss in the first six rounds. That's how I want it, how I, how I see it. But yeah, it, it's not going to be that easy. I can see us losing to all of the first five teams we play. Uh, after the Storm game, or after the Roosters game, sorry, spoiler alert, is the Melbourne Storm game, the Anzac Day clash in round seven. Uh, I live in Melbourne, so I always love going to those games. Uh, I remember one of my classic memories when Andrew McFadden first was became the coach, and we won, and I had a huge night the night before, great night, rolled into Amy Park, 
had that moment of silence and just the surreal kind of vibe of an Anzac Day clash. And then the Warriors won. And honestly, Storm fans can be fucking lame, to be honest. Because, uh, like, obviously, AFL, everyone has different teams and they're so passionate about it. And they can be so shitty and just shit behavior about it. But Melbourne Storm, like, Melbourne only has one rugby league team. So they all just channel that shitty energy into, um, like, one one team. And I love the Storm. I love going and watch Storm play their home ground. It's such a fortress. The team really gets behind them. I love the whole setup of the Storm. But their fans are kind of assholes, just like everyone's fans can be. Except Warriors fans. Uh, but... Yeah, like one of the memories I have from that game, I got onto the carriage after the game uh, in my Warriors jersey and there was a Storm fan. He said to me, he's like, don't you boys think you got on the wrong carriage? It's like, fuck off, fuck off. Honestly, you guys win so many premierships. We're the little old Warriors. We have never won a premiership. We beat you in a fucking regular season fixture on Anzac Day and you want to harass me and tell me I'm on the wrong carriage? I was like, bruh. No, no, I didn't, I was, I was in a good mood, it was Anzac Day, I wasn't going to be like, fuck you man, I was, I was like, mate, I'm just on the couch, I can't remember what I said, it was like seven years ago, uh, but basically the vibe was just like, man, the Warriors won, get over it, cunt, sorry for dropping a C-bomb, I try to keep the C-bombs to a minimum, that one just slipped out of there, but he, it warrants it, I only try to use the C-bomb, uh, if it's warranted, and that guy deserves it, dropping massive C-bomb energy on that guy, uh, douchebag. Uh, but yeah, every season since then, the Storm have towed us up. I remember one game, uh, was it like 15, 20 minutes? We're down like 30 nil, and I was like, oh, yeah. For a while, the tradition was to have like a massive night out before the Anzac Day clash, but I tell you what, it's not good for a come down if you've had a massive night and your team's just getting fucking pumped which has happened a few times. But last season, I didn't end up going uh, to the Anzac Day game. Had a bottomless brunch for a friend's birthday. Ended up watching the game, and that was the game where we saw Reese Walsh make his debut. We saw Rocco Berry make his debut as well. Uh, and that was kind of the change, the slow change for the Warriors and the new direction that the club was heading in. So I'm going to be there this season at Amy Park for that Anzac Day clash. I'll be going for the Warriors, but again, like the Roosters game, if I had to pick a non-biased winner, uh, I'm going. I would say the Storm will win. They'll probably win well as well, uh, but I'll be there. I'll be making some noise. I'll be getting into the Storm fans. One other memory I have from the Anzac Day Clash where we won, I remember there was just the Storm fans were carrying on like peanuts, you know, ref this, ref that. Uh, and there's just some guy who was like, you know, really getting stuck into the referee and my friend Elliot just turned around and he said mate fucking chill out and have a beer it is Anzac day Uh, a lot of people around got around that too and I just thought it was such a true comment it's like man it is Anzac day it's not the vibe for carrying on like a peanut uh, which I wish someone told that to the guy on the train carriage who was like you got on the wrong train carriage fuck that guy Uh, fuck that guy yeah hopefully hopefully uh, the Warriors win this season and this time I'm going to make a hell of a lot of noise. I'm going to be getting on the train carriage. I'll fucking do the hucker. I don't know. It'll be wild. And I'm going to get stuck in. And if anyone tells me I'm on the wrong carriage, uh, yeah, you don't even want to see what happens. It'll be, it'll be pretty grotesque. I'll probably spit on them or like something obscene. 
But yeah, fuck that guy. That is the... I'm going to go back to the Warriors preview now. Uh, but if for some, if you live in Melbourne and you're a Storm fan in, in 2014, after the Anzac Day game, you told someone that they got on the wrong carriage and you're listening to this right now, fuck you. Okay, now I digress uh, to the next game, round eight, up against the Canberra Raiders. Now, this is another little point uh, that I've made in a couple of other podcasts. The Raiders are genuinely my second team. I support against every other team against the Warriors. I support them just about, not quite as hard as the Warriors, but like very close. My dad grew up in Canberra. I've always grown up watching Raiders games. My dad supports them. Uh, he was He's from Canberra. I was born in New Zealand, hence the different teams. But I've always grown up watching the Raiders. They've, for the most part in my lifetime, been underdogs. Uh, and they've, they've provided some great value over the years. I remember Terry Campisi. Uh, he had that one season where he was just insane. Of course, injuries riddled him throughout his career. Uh, I remember back in the day, Todd Carney. That was actually my favorite Raiders player uh, for quite a while. I've always been a fan of Jared Croker. Uh, loved Sean Fenson and the Raiders are my second team so that's like one of my favorite games to watch I love watching the Warriors play the Raiders uh, because I'm always happy for the winner now I support the Warriors in those games but the Raiders are genuinely my second team so I'll be marking that one down in round eight Morton Morton sorry Daly Stadium Redcliffe and let's say the Warriors get the win there I think the Warriors can beat the Raiders now round nine the Warriors play away from home at points bet stadium which is that Bankwest? I don't know. Can we just fucking name stadiums normal things? Does it have to be named after like banks and brands all the time? I guess the money would be good and whatnot. But like half the time it's like fucking Bank of Australia Stadium. It's like fuck which stadium is that? Or like Lotto Land. It's, what? What happened to Brookvale Oval? Why is it Lotto Land now? So yeah, the stadium names are a little bit whack. But that's that happens everywhere, doesn't it? Melbourne has Marvel Stadium. Marvel Stadium, like, what the fuck? Whatever, though. I, I understand they're, like, you know, it's, like, magic. These, like, the superheroes, kind of, whatever. But, yeah, stadium names. Stop naming them after banks and shit, for goodness sake. Uh, I'd appreciate more, like, a, I don't know, smaller, smaller level, like Jack Link's Beef Jerky Stadium or things like that. But a bank, it's just, like, uh, how many fucking stadiums do you want to name after a bank? So, yeah. Round nine, points bet stadium, Sharks and Warriors. That's going to be a really close one. I really like the Sharks heading into this season. I would say if I had to put money on it right now, I'd probably say Sharks will win that. But as I said, I'm a Warriors fan, so I'll be cheering them on. There is no reason we can't beat them. Uh, but I really like some of the Sharks' new additions in Nico Hines, Dale Finacane, and Cameron McInnes. Now the 10th game will be magic round for the Warriors. We'll be taking on the Rabbitohs at Suncorp Stadium. Last year's runners-up of the competition. They won't have Adam Reynolds, though. We'll know it by round 10, kind of how the Rabbitohs look without him. I think we can win that game. I'm still not quite sure how the Rabbitohs are going to come out. Uh, I still think there's potential for them to come out and be really, really good, like very strong premiership contenders. But Adam Reynolds is a big loss. Uh, and I do kind of wonder about the depth of their forward pack. Now, if you put their best 17 out there, boom, that, that's a fucking premiership contender right there. But all of a sudden, you get a couple of injuries to key guys, and I'm not too sure how the Rabbitohs are going to go. So it's a really interesting note, that one, um, especially Latrell. Latrell and Damian Cook are a couple of players where if they lose them, it'll be interesting. Blake Tarfe 
he played really, really well uh, against, or not against, right? He played really, really well when he stepped into that fullback position. Uh, and they have Peter Mamazoulis, uh, forgive me if I said that name wrong, who is supposed to be a really quality dummy half, but it, it all it takes is a couple of injuries or suspensions or COVID disruptions, and then all of a sudden you take Damian Cook out of that side, you take Latrell Mitchell out of that side, you take a Cam Murray out of that side, or a Cody Walker, uh, and that could significantly impact the side. And that's something that I've been considering whilst doing my predictions and whilst doing my previews, is thinking about kind of, yes, okay, who... Who are the best teams full strength? But then, like, how's Manly going to go if Trebojevic gets injured, Tom, or Daly Cherry Evans? Or how are the Rabbitohs going to go if Cody Walker goes down? How are the Panthers going to go if Nathan Cleary, after surgery, doesn't spend a heap of time on the field next year? Uh, how are the Roosters going to go without a James Tedesco? If James Tedesco drops out, if Luke Carey doesn't get back to full fitness, kind of spend some time on the sidelines. So that's definitely something I've been thinking about, especially with the potential COVID disruptions, also trying to lean on kind of who's in their reserve grade side. What are their Jersey flag players like? So have I dug too deep? Maybe, maybe we don't see any COVID disruptions and I've just like mind fucked myself, but I think we will see a bit of it. And so there are a lot of questions. And in terms of that Rabbitohs game, I think that's a winnable game, but it depends what Rabbitohs side is out on the park. Now, what the fuck? Why do we only... We go, like, Auckland. We play in Auckland, and then we play, like, quite a few games in Australia. They should have given them all in Auckland. I think next season they should give all New... Uh, the Warriors all New Zealand games. Play some in Wellington, play some in Christchurch, etc., etc. Uh, it's not too much to ask. We've, they've played away from home. Give them a full season in New Zealand. And if they want to have a Christchurch team next, which has been rumoured, then it makes total sense. Build the game in New Zealand. There are going to be hot crowds. You have a ton of momentum to do it now. Uh, as soon as you can safely do so, get them over there. The crowd's going to be nuts. If the Warriors are going well too, then there's potential for Rugby League to really explode in New Zealand because Super Rugby has been kind of stagnant, to be honest. Like We've seen Super Rugby Aotearoa and then Super Rugby Australia and then they kind of merged together and now they want to do Super Rugby Pacifica this year. Uh, but... There's a market there. There is definitely potential for Rugby League to skyrocket up in terms of popularity. And when the Warriors are going well, New Zealand are behind them. The thing is that the Warriors haven't been going well very often for a long time. But when they do, the whole country gets behind them. People love the Warriors. It's just because there's this perceived, you know, failures. They've, they've been failures for so many years that there's that kind of perception. It's like, oh, the Warriors are stink or... I. I, I'm from New Zealand, so I grew up in Auckland. I couldn't tell you how many of my mates will support the Eels or the Rabbitohs or the fucking Broncos, you know? <laughs> like, people in New Zealand are choosing other teams because they're like, ah, oh, fucking, you know? I'd rather watch Luttrell for the Rabbitohs or I'd rather, rather watch Nathan Cleary and James Fisher-Harris at the Panthers than the Warriors. And then take into account how successful the All Blacks are as well. Uh, and that does cruel the Warriors, but when they're going well... The country gets behind them. This I know. This is a fact. And after the last three seasons, now there is going to be an appetite for the Warriors to play some home games. So I think next year we are going to see uh, a heap of games being played in New Zealand. And I'm going to say it right now. Uh, I know we're going to see some really great moments across the season. But I don't know, outside of like a prem premiership wins and state of origin moments, I don't think there's going to be a bigger moment in the NRL season 
Then when the Warriors play that first game back in New Zealand, the atmosphere is going to be crazy. If the Warriors are going well too, if they are pushing for the top eight, then they're going to have a huge crowd. They're going to have a huge crowd regardless. But let's say they're going well, and then they have a massive sold-out crowd to welcome them back, and they win then, and they're still going well, and they're in finals contention, then I tell you what, the rest of those games in Auckland are going to be buzzing. It is really going to set a tone for a big finals push. This is what I'm hoping happens. Uh, And let me say, in the last 10 years, we've made finals once. Every single year I have this vibe. I'm like, oh, this is our year. This is our year. These are reasons why we're going to go well. Uh, And to be honest, when I was thinking about my prediction, uh, I tell you this much. If I wasn't a Warriors fan, I wouldn't even consider putting them in my top eight. Uh, I have been umming and ahhing for so long. I put them in the eight. Ah, do I not? Because it's just like, they're my team. So I'm like, I want to put them in the eight and I can make a case for why they'll make the eight. But then in doing so, I've got the top, my top eight and my list of teams that I think are going to make it. And I'm kind of just like, ah, who do I take out? And then I look at the team, look at like, no, so-and-so. And then I think about this team. I'm like, are they really less likely to make the eight than the Warriors? So it's been really hard to decide. Do I put the Warriors in my top eight? Do I not? Uh, of course, I'm going to be backing them in for a successful season. And as I said, said sorry, at the start of the podcast, I'm going to be biased here. I am going to be a little bit biased because I love my team. I get around them. And yeah, so I've still got a little bit of time before I make my prediction. Still, ugh, it's like I... I can definitely see them not making eight. Nathan Brown is the main question mark. I'm like, is Nathan Brown the coach to get us into the top eight? But I'm hopeful. I'm very hopeful, especially if we see some disruptions. If we can see some of the bigger sides, like the Parramatta Eels dip a little bit, or the Rabbitohs or the Seagulls dip a little bit, that can really open the door for the Warriors. But it could go either way. I can see us having a great season. I can see us having a shocking season. I really, really hope we don't, though. So let's see when the first game in Auckland is. Round 15 against the Panthers. That'll be massive. That will be massive. So we got the Warriors at Mount Smart Stadium in Auckland up against the Panthers. What a game that will be. Then they follow it up. They'll be playing in Auckland in round 16 against the Tigers. Uh, then they'll go to Sydney to play the Eels, Canberra to play the Raiders. Then we've got the Storm in Auckland. These will all be huge games in Auckland. The Rabbitohs in the Sunshine Coast. Bulldogs in Auckland. Uh, a couple of other games in Sydney and Queensland. And then we'll finish the season up against the Titans in Auckland. So I cannot wait to see the Warriors play at home again for the first time in what will be three years since, uh, since they've had to stay here in Australia. It's just been wild. So I cannot wait for that. It is going to be my highlight of the season, to be honest. Now, I don't know if we're gonna. I don't think see us making the grand final. I support Queensland and State of Origin, and that would be awesome if they won. And there are going to be some great moments throughout the season, but there's none that I'm looking forward to more than to see the Warriors play at Mad Smart Stadium again. The crowd's going to be nuts. The atmosphere is going to be so good. And if we're going well up to that point in the season, then I really, really think this is the push and the inspiration they're going to need to go hard for the finals and to really, really turn themselves into a quality outfit on the verge of premiership contention. Now, the Panthers and the Storms and the Roosters of this world are still in another like tier. They're in the top tier of quality. 
Uh, the Warriors, I, I don't see getting there yet. But if we do have a great first 14 rounds leading into the round 15 game in Auckland, that leads us or leaves us sorry, in a great position. We'll be having some games in Auckland. They will be really tough games, a lot of them. The games against uh, the Panthers and the Storm. Even the Bulldogs should be quite tough with a lot of their new signings. So these aren't, these aren't easy wins, and it is still going to be really tough. But I think if we are going well to this point in the season, then I think the return to Auckland will be hugely beneficial for the side. And then, as I said, in 2023, I would love to see all the games being played in New Zealand, get some games in Christchurch, get some games in Wellington, uh, things like that, Palmerston North, whatever. But I would love to see the Warriors get a full New Zealand season next year. Uh, I think they deserve it. They've stayed away from their families. They've made a huge amount of sacrifices to keep the game going when it looked like it was going to get shut down. And if there were no Warriors in the last couple of seasons, there's probably no NRL. And if there is an NRL, it is a significantly watered down. Uh, and the money would be, like, there would be a huge impact in terms of how much every player is getting paid, in terms of how much money the game is losing because of broadcast rights, player, the TV stations aren't going to be paying that same amount of money when they get one less game every week. So for the Warriors to stay, it was a huge sacrifice. They have kept the game going. They have kept the money rolling. And for that, I think they need to be thanked. I think the whole country of New Zealand needs to be rewarded for having so much time with no footy being played. So I would love to see a full season in New Zealand next year for the Warriors. Next up, I will be jumping into our full top 30 squad. Now, for most of my previews, I've just been jumping through um, players of note. But as I said, the Warriors are my team. So I'm going to go through all 30 of their players. I'm just quickly pulling up their top 30 now. Uh, I can also hear that my housemate's home. And fuck, probably music's going to start in a second. So... That is always always makes the podcasting a little bit harder. Uh, I may have to pause and continue, but I'm I'm gonna push on now until until I'm fucking disturbed. So we have got the Warriors top thirty squad. Just having a look through now, uh, and some gains and losses as well. So I'll jump through the gains and losses first once I actually find it. I think we're at the very bottom. Warriors makes sense, right? Uh, so. Okay, here we go. We've got the top 30 and we've got the gains and losses. I'll jump through our losses first. Uh, Roger Tuivasa-Shek to New Zealand Rugby Union. I went through that earlier. Massive loss. He was a leader of the club. One of the best players in the NRL as well. One of the most physically gifted athletes and also one of the hardest workers. So it's a huge loss, not just on game day, but also just having him around at training and really setting the standard. Although I do think our new captain in Tohu Harris is perfect for that. He's going to be a great leader. I think he's going to set the standard very well. And he's got capable leaders like Sean Johnson and Adam Fanua Blake alongside him to really help and drive those standards. We've also lost Chad Townsend, who came over on a little stint from the Sharks last season, returned to the club. We, of course, know that Chad uh, played for the Warriors a few, a few years ago, and he played for a couple of seasons as well. I actually really liked it when we signed him. Uh, we've had some success with Australian 5.8s because I think he was playing 5'8 for us initially. He played halfback last year. Uh, and, of course, we remember James Maloney, who played awesome at the Warriors, made the 2011 Grand Final. We lost, uh, and then in 2013, he went to the Roosters, won a premiership in his first year. 
And then correct me if I'm wrong, I believe he won a premiership in his first year at the Sharks, when he went over to the Sharks. It could have been the year after, but I'm fairly sure it was in his first stint, so he left the Warriors, won a couple of premierships, then he went to the Panthers, he didn't win a premiership there, uh, just taught the halves a thing or two, then the Panthers won the premiership, so I was really upset we lost James Maloney, I always wanted us to bring him back, but we never did. Now he's not a loss from last season, that was just a point on Chad Townsend, who has departed for the Cowboys, just like a couple of Warriors have actually. Next up, uh, fold some. I've already done my C word for the day. Uh, it was more valid for that wanker on the train. Uh, but Kane Evans, I had high hope. When we signed him, I was like, I love this signing. Big fella. Yes, he's had questionable, questionable moments. If I recall correctly, he was in a Dylan Napa sex tape, shadow boxing in the background and shit like that. So uh, in terms of general intelligence, it, it's kind of a red flag of behavior. But he's a big bopper. I was super keen to see him line up for the Warriors this season. And by the end of the season, uh, put it this way, I'm happy to see him go to Hell FC. I think he'll go really well there. He's big, he's intimidating, but we just we don't need a hothead in the team. The shit with, with Will Chambers was just like, he comes on Kane Evans and then just starts like punching, doesn't even punch him properly, gets sent off, uh... And yeah, just a few things. There were a few things where I was like, okay, look, footy players, for the most part, aren't geniuses, um, but uh, there are some who are extremely, extremely talented and intel- uh, intelligent, sorry. Uh, but yeah, Kane Evans, put it this way, I'm happy to see him go to Hull FC. I was kind of done with him in Warriors Colours uh, just after some of his performances, and he... He was more keen on the punch-on than actually making a difference. Like, he didn't really... I can't recall a game this, during last season where it was like, oh, okay, sweet, Kane Evans off the bench, boom, good impact, good running. I, my only real memories of him from last season are uh, negative ones, unfortunately, because I had really high hopes for him. So best of luck to Kane Evans over at Hull FC. But, yeah, that's a loss that I I, I can cop. We're paying him quite a bit of money too, I'm pretty sure. We're paying him a fair bit of money, and we weren't getting our money's worth. Not even close. Uh, I'm not one to usually be super critical of players, but yeah, the whole Kane Evans thing, uh, I'm glad he's moved on. I think we'll get better value out of the rest of our props and one of our signings as well from the Melbourne Storm. Now, another prop that has left the club is Leeson Armau. He is retired. I do have good memories of Leeson. He contributed a hell of a lot during his time at the Warriors. He was an experienced head. Uh, and I was a fan of Lisa Armour, so good luck to him in retirement. We, of course, saw David Fusatua. He is off to the Leeds Rhinos over in England. It's a shame. I really love David Fusatua, uh, but I guess we've got Dallin Wateni Zalesniak on that right wing now, uh, and maybe there weren't any plans to play Fusatua at centre. He, of course, sat out season 2020 as well, and then in 2021, he seemed to have mental... I didn't look into it very far, but some kind of mental health issue or some kind of urgent situation in his life which required him to step away from the game so basically I think he was doing it really tough I have no details on what he was actually going through but it seemed like he was going through a really tough time so hopefully this move is best for David hopefully he goes over to Leeds he reinvigorates his footy career and hopefully he's also in a good place he'll also be making a bit of money I'm, I'm pretty sure Leeds will be paying him paying him nicely he's a quality NRL talent I'm surprised Another NRL team didn't pick him up, but 
David Fusatua off to Leeds. Quick thanks to him. Uh, an amazing contributor to the side. Scored some awesome tries. Loved watching David Fusatua. He was one of my favourite Warriors players. So it's a shame to see him go to Leeds, but best of luck. Hopefully he goes really well. We've also lost Sean O'Sullivan, as well as his dad, our recruitment manager, who's gone to the Dolphins. Uh, Sean O'Sullivan is heading back to the Panthers, which is where he played his junior footy. Of course, he spent some time at the Roosters and the Broncos as well. Uh, but he started off at the Panthers, so he's going to go back there as kind of a backup. They've also got Jamin Salmon. Uh, they've got Kurt Falls as well. So Sean O'Sullivan will just provide some backup in case Jerome Luai or Nathan Cleary go down. Uh, or we could see during Origin if they are playing for the Blues, which Cleary will be if he's fit. Uh, I'd say Jerome Luai most likely will be as well. So that's kind of when we'll see Sean Sullivan step into the Panthers outfit. But he was a good contributor for the Warriors. He played quite a few games last year in the halves. Uh, but he wasn't our first choice half. So I'm happy to see him move on to Penrith. Hopefully he has success over there, which they've been a very successful club. So I'm sure he'll be happy with the move. Next up is a player that I am devastated we lost in Paul Turner. He has gone to the Gold Coast Titans. I love Paul Turner. I rate him really highly as a halves prospect or even a fullback prospect. Now, when Roger Tuivasa-Shek first announced that he was departing the Warriors, I was actually thinking maybe Paul Turner. Maybe we give Paul Turner a go. We looked to the club or looked from within the club for a replacement. I really, really rate Paul Turner. I think he's going to go well at the Titans. I don't think he's going to start the season there. But he's an incredible player. I think that's a really underrated season for uh, signing sorry, for the Gold Coast Titans. And I was genuinely gutted that we lost Paul Turner. I believe he played one game of first grade. Oh no, he played a couple last year and then got injured. I believe he played some time in the centres. He came off the bench and played in the centres, played quite well. Uh, but the year before, 2020, towards the back end of the season, he made his debut in the halves against the Bulldogs and he looked really, really good. After that game, I was like, okay, I knew who Paul Turner was. I'd seen him play under 20s. He'd been playing in our reserve grade side for a while. Uh, but once I actually saw him in the NRL, I was like, wow, this kid, this kid's special. I'm really keen to see this guy as a warrior for years to come. He's gone. He's gone to the Titans. And as I said, I think Paul Turner is going to be an exceptional talent. And I think he is a really big loss for the Warriors. Uh, now, the last two losses, Petahiku. Another one of my favorite players. I've been watching him ever since his under-20s debut for the Warriors, uh, where he was a fullback. Then he went to Manly, went to Panthers. I think he even went to the Warrington Wolves in the English Super League before returning to New Zealand uh, at the Warriors. And he has had an amazing stint at the Warriors. He never made his NRL debut with us uh, initially coming from the 20s. But once he came back, really quality player. Uh, he had David Fusatua outside him that first season. Fusatua scored a heap of tries. That was the season, I believe, we made the top eight, I'm pretty sure. Uh, and then Petahiku, when he was on the left side and Ken Mamala was outside of him, he was scoring tries as well. So I actually had a little first try scorer rule that I used to like. Uh, put money on the guy that's outside Petahiku. That's how highly I rate him. He is a really good center. I think the new rules of the game as well and the speed really suit him. It's bringing strike centers back into the mix. And Pedahiku is exactly that. He is a strike center. That is a position as well that I think the Cowboys really needed to kind of fix up as well. So I think that's a great signing from the for the Cowboys. Sorry, sad to see Pedahiku or Hiku Higu. Wow, Pedahiku go. Uh, but again, thanks for his service to the Warriors. Loved watching him play. I will continue to enjoy watching him play at the Cowboys. And best of luck to him. He won't be the only one going to the Cowboys as well. 
Jermaine Tanoa Brown has left the club, going to the Cowboys. I think that's fair. He was a really quality prop, but he's got guys in front of him like Bunty, Matt Lodge, Adam Fanua Blake. Uh, and so the minutes for him in first grade probably weren't where they needed to be for him, at least from his perspective. Whereas the Cowboys have a lot more a lot more minutes to offer, I think. Jermaine Tanoa Brown can become a more important member of the Cowboys team than kind of, I think, what his requirements would have been as a warrior this season. So Todd Payton has taken a couple of really quality Warriors uh, players over to his club. He knows what they can do. He believes they are going to help to improve the Cowboys. And I tend to agree. I think Jermaine Tano Brown will be a great signing. Uh, Before he was at the Warriors, he was actually playing for the North Devils in Queensland Cup. He played super well. Ended up uh, getting his Indigenous Australian All-Stars debut as well, just before playing for the Warriors. So he's done a hell of a lot. He's taken himself from Queensland Cup. Uh, and now he's a player that clubs want to sign. Like, he's in an NRL system. Another club has identified him and said, we want this guy. So congratulations to Jermaine Tarnell Brown. You've worked your way from the North Devils all the way to the North Queensland Cowboys. Uh, Hopefully he gets a ton of minutes this season. I do think we'll see the best JTB yet. Now we've got 2022 gains. Also, just quickly, 2023, so the following season, not this season, we'll be getting Murata Niukore from the Eels and Luke Metcalf from the Sharks. Now, our 22 gains, we've got Aaron Penne from the Storm, really tough quality middle forward. I, I bet the Storm are pretty sad they've lost him now because they've now, we know that Jesse Bromwich is headed to the Dolphins. Uh, Christian Welsh at times has had trouble with injury. Nelson Asofa Solomona, is he even going to play another game for the Melbourne Storm? Uh, and Tui Kamika Mika as well. So there is a huge void in terms of props. Now, uh, the Storm have Tepai Moroa and guys like Josh King, who've come at, who's come over from the Newcastle Knights. But this is an elite forward pack setup. So I think they are going to be a little light on in terms of their middle forwards. Melbourne Storm always have a plan, though. I think they'll surprise us. They'll turn players that we didn't think were going to get the job done into NRL standard quality players who get the job done every week. Uh, but yeah, I do think Aaron Penny is a big loss for the Storm. I think they'll be sad. Since everything that's gone on with Bromwich leaving uh, and Nelson Asofa Solomona and everything like that, I think they'll be a little bit upset that they've lost Aaron Penne. Uh And the Storm's loss is the Warriors' gain. So I think he's an awesome signing. He's the kind of hardworking talent that we need. Uh, if I assess it like a straight swap, basically, like we get rid of Kane Evans for Aaron Penne, boom, 100%. I will take Aaron Penne every day of the week over Kane Evans, so I'm really happy with that signing. I think Penne is going to end up being a very important part of our forward rotation, uh, and he's going to step up to more of a a bit of a leadership role, but just in general, a higher role at the, sto- uh, at the Storm. He had a lot of guys in front of him. He was more just there coming off the bench playing his role, but not a huge role, a very important role, but not a huge role in the makeup of the team. I think he steps up now. I think he becomes one of our main guys. He can also play on an edge, so I think we'll see him get quite a bit of minutes, or quite a lot of minutes, sorry. Uh, and with Logie and Fanua Blake, throw Penne into the mix, and all of a sudden we quite uh, have quite a fearsome forward pack. Uh, you get those three guys running at you, you're thinking, shit, uh, hopefully, you know, the next guy off the bench is all right. And then, boom, Bunty FL, like, running fucking flat tack off the back fence. So I really, really, really like our Ford pack. I think that's where our strength is. I think our backline depth needs a bit of work, but I'm happy to back in the guys that we've got there. Hopefully, we have a relatively injury-free season. 
Now the next game, one of my favourites. We have got Sean Johnson coming back to the club after a couple of years away at the Sharks. We got rid of him. We told him we weren't going to pay him the million dollars a couple of seasons ago. Didn't feel like we were getting the best value out of him. To be honest, I agreed. Uh, I know a lot of people were sad to see Sean Johnson go. Uh, we ended up getting Nick Rima as kind of the replacement as well. Uh, I thought it was like, you know, if we're not going to... We could have done, I think, got a better replacement. All great, all respect, sorry, to Cody Nicarima. Uh, but yeah, it just Sean Johnson, it turns out he's the guy. He's the guy we need. He's shown that how quality he can be over at the Sharks. I am stoked with this signing. I know Sean Johnson loves the Warriors. I know that he wants to win a premiership with the Warriors. And that's who I want in the number seven halfback jersey. I don't want players who it's like, you know, they'd rather be at the Dolphins if, if the paycheck's better. Now, Everyone's got to look after their families. Loyalty is basically dead in rugby league. But hearing Sean Johnson talk about how much he really, truly does care about the Warriors uh, and how he wants to bring success to the Warriors and make the Warriors such a force in New Zealand, that's who I want. That's who I want in the halfback jersey. He's going to bring that desire. He's going to bring the experience back. He's going to bring the fans. The fans love it. I think it's going to be awesome, especially when they come back to Auckland. Hopefully, Sean Johnson is fit for the season. Uh, because if he plays the majority of the season, then we are 100% finals contenders, I think. Are we a premiership contender? Probably not. But I think if Sean Johnson stays on the park, if we can keep guys like Anfinua Blake on the park, if Torhe Harris can come back better than ever from his injury, then I think that's going to go a long way towards getting us to the finals. And once the Warriors make the finals, even from eighth, we're one of those teams, I'm telling you, we can beat anyone on our day. We can 100% beat anyone on our day. It just hasn't been our day very often for the last 10 years. Uh, it hasn't been our day. And then they show glimpses and you see glimpses and it's like, fuck, fuck. But I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it this season. I'm ready to back the boys in. Uh, now, initially when I first started drafting up my NRL ladder, I had to worry it was uh, like 12th or 13th, but I was just like, nah. I can't, I'm, I'm feeling it. And then I started working myself up, hyping myself up. And I tell you what, I don't have the Warriors in 13th right now. Uh, I probably have them a little bit too high, but they're my fucking team. Get off my back. Uh, tell me if you, you might do a podcast. Sorry if you already do, but if you did an NRL podcast and you had to do predictions, you didn't have knots forcing me to do predictions, but you were doing predictions that really in the grand scheme, don't matter, like me being like, the Tigers are going to finish last. It's like, Tigers fans might be like, hey, fuck you. It's like, hey, really? This is for fun discussion, for the excitement of rugby league. This isn't like my official fucking life or death ladder. Uh, but yep, the Warriors are a little bit higher than maybe they should be. But that's because I'm going to be backing them in, and I'm going to be backing them in hard all season. And if they go well, I don't want to be like, uh, I predicted them in 13th. I want to be like, go back and listen to my Warriors podcast. I fucking told you these guys will be good. And if we're shit, then I'll just be like, what's the difference? This is this happens every season. Uh, I get hyped every season and then bad things happen. But not this season. Uh, this is the Warriors year. Uh, I know that there's been talk of year of the ambush for the Broncos. This is year of the ambush for the Warriors. It's our year. Keep the faith. I've kept the faith and I am keeping the faith and I will keep the faith from round one to round 25 through to the final series when we are there and hopefully winning and hopefully we are there and not 
13th or 14th or lower or even higher like 9th or 10th i want to make the top eight this is this has to be the goal that for me is success or failure if we miss the eight this year it's a failure regardless i don't care what our squad looks like it's a failure it is like if we keep settling for mediocrity then that is how the club's going to stay and we're going to get passed by by clubs like the broncos and the bulldogs who are once again after having successful years they've had some lean years and they're building themselves back up for the warriors it's just been a lot of lean years and we're still building ourselves back up so now's the time to establish ourselves and say enough is enough we are here to compete we are here to be a finals side and we are here to compete for the premiership so i'm really hoping that's what happens but there's a long way to go i will be backing the boys in though now another signing we have signed ash taylor from the titans they actually released him we of course know his big money deal a lot of pressure well, we're getting him dirt cheap. He came over on a train and trial deal. He impressed. We've now signed him to our top 30. I don't think he's going to start the season, but I'm really keen to see Ash Taylor in a Warriors jersey. I rated him when he was a Broncos junior. A lot of people did too. Then he went over to the Titans, had some great success early, got an awesome contract, and the rest was history. Uh, a lot of pressure, some really sad things happening in his personal life as well. Uh... So yeah, he's gone through his battles and I think that's actually going to make him more resilient and hopefully we see the best of Ash Taylor this season. Uh, I, I can see him signing maybe to the Dolphins next season. I think this could be a one-year kind of deal. But the boys seem to get around him. I'm getting around him. Really happy to see Ash Taylor happy uh, and he's playing for my team. So you're now one of us, brother, Ash Taylor. Uh, once a warrior, always a warrior, except that dude who yeah did the really hectic graphic murder sorry to bring that up it's actually quite dark but i don't consider him a warrior but basically every other player who has played for the warriors at some time or another james maloney i consider him a warrior i consider all the players who have moved on the conrad hurls or anyone if you've put on a warriors jersey once a warrior you are always a warrior warrior sorry in my eyes so ash taylor from this point on my man you have my support no matter which club colors you're wearing best of luck to ash taylor this season though because he will be wearing Warriors colours. Side note too, the Warriors jersey this season looks mint. Love the new jersey. Just very subtle changes to this uh, to the design, but I love it. It looks fresh. I'm feeling a situation like look good, play good. They look pretty good in those jerseys, so I feel like they can play good. Jersey Omen. Uh, jersey Omen Theory. Now, our last signing or gain for 2022 We've got Jesse Arthurs on loan from the Brisbane Broncos. Now, I really like that. It looks like we're going to play you and Aitken in the second row to start the season, which leaves our centers really light. We've got guys like Adam Pompey, uh, Viliame Vailea, I believe you pronounce his name. Uh, Marcelo Montoya can jump into the centers as well, but we're quite light on in terms of wingers. Uh, and I'm expecting Rocco Berry to be right center. I think he's going to be playing right center for the majority of the season. I think he'll be our first choice and we're going to develop him into a really quality first grader as the season goes on. So I think Rocco Berry starts in the centers at right center. I actually have Jesse Arthurs lining up at left center. Now maybe it's Adam Pompey. Uh, maybe we only see Jesse Arthurs here as kind of a depth, kind of depth signing, especially because he's only on a one year loan. But I think we're going to see Jesse Arthurs play quite a lot of footy. He can play halfback, he can play wing, he can play center. Uh, and that's kind of the back five is kind of where I feel we're quite light on depth wise. So I think that's an awesome signing. He'll be able to fill in where we need him. 
I predominantly see him playing center for the Warriors, but I can see him jumping out onto the wing as well. So Jesse Arthurs coming on loan from the Brisbane Broncos. Now I'm gonna jump into our top 30. Uh, quickly, I'll jump into our development list. We have two brothers, Otu Kinekina Kepu. Probably said that wrong. I need to work on it. I need to work on it, I honestly. Uh, sometimes I'm just rolling with things that are just so, it's like the Caucasian way to say it. And, uh, and it's so wrong and it sounds shit. And then when you say it the proper way, you say their names the proper way, it sounds cool. Their names sound dope. So uh, I really, really want to work hard on getting everyone's names right. I think it's super important uh, to get everyone's name, at least not butcher it and get it super wrong. Try and get it as right as possible. Uh, I'll call him Otu. So Otu Kepu, uh, he'll be joined by his brother, Vailangi Kepu. Uh, they will be signed until the end of 2024. And we've also got Leighton Finau, who I think might be a prop. I think a couple of those guys are props. So they're on our development list. Now I'll jump into our top 30. I'm just going to, I'll say each player's name and then any thoughts that I have uh, on that. And then once I've gone through the top 30, I will be making my official prediction for where I think the Warriors are going to finish on the 2022 NRL ladder. All right. Uh, also quickly uh, noting, we've got a couple of players that we've had on train and trial deals as well. So we may see the likes of Garrett Smith, who is a youngster, a young Ford, uh, who was at the Newcastle Knights last season, and Adam Cook, who played he played one game of first grade for the Raiders uh, a couple of seasons ago at the very end where uh, it was the first 2020 when they had COVID and the very last round, a few teams played a lot of young guys. Raiders and Storm especially played a heap of young guys. So Adam Cook made his debut in that game. Uh, and then he didn't play for the Raiders last year. He ended up leaving the Raiders mid-season when he played for the Makai Cutters. Uh, but Adam Cook is a really quality young half slash fullback. Uh, we might see him get a go throughout the season. Maybe even Trey Fuller, who is the Redcliffe Dolphins fullback. He is an electric young player as well. I can kind of see him signing with the Dolphins in the NRL for next year. Maybe it's just a depth fullback signing. But it looks like he may be one of the players who's available to us if we had some disruptions with our roster, so Trey Fuller one to watch. Uh, we also had Jaden Corrigan, who is another fullback from the Northern Pride. All right, jumping into the top 30. Shut up. <laughs> uh, Bunty Afoa, who, as I've already said, is one of my favorite players in the Warriors system. Uh, I've loved watching him play ever since he first started for us. Loved watching him in the under-20s. I believe he was first seen, the Warriors did like a bit of a college cup situation uh, with high schools and Bunty was one of the standout young players in that competition. He has really kicked on to be a special NRL talent too. So Bunty Afoa runs hard as anything. One of my favorite players, definitely. He'd be in my top five Warriors players. Really, really like the way he goes about his business and I can't wait to see him in action this season. Next up is another player that I really like, Ewan Aitken. Uh, looks like he's going to be starting the season in the back row. Now, I'm not too sure whether that's his best position, but I had seen criticisms from Dragons fans, which is where he spent most of his career, uh, in terms of his kind of passing game as a centre to set out his outside winger, which I think could kind of come into play. Maybe his game is better suited to just being a wide running back rower uh, who can offload and things like that, and then maybe get kind of a better playmaker, I guess, in the centre position. But I've always liked Aitken in the centres. I would have liked to see him in the centres, but if he can put on a bit of size, I think he'd be a really good back rower too. Uh, and he looked really good in the back row toward the back end of last season. 
Next is Jesse Arthurs coming over on one season for a loan. Uh, Rocco Berry, really think he's in for a big season. I think we see him as the first choice right center. I think we'll see him play a lot of NRL and slowly develop. Uh, and I think he's going to be one of the consistent Warriors players for years to come. Like I think he's going to be part of our setup for the next five or ten years for sure. And he looks like a player that's only going to get better with age. So I'm really excited about the prospects of Rocco Berry, uh, who is a son of an All Black too. Can't remember his dad's name off the top of my head. Could I have easily researched it and told you right now? Yes. Am I going to move on to the next player on this top 30? Yes. Uh, Josh Curran, Indigenous All-Stars representative. Uh, he was at the Sydney Roosters for a while. Did, wasn't getting many opportunities because of their stacked roster. Came over to the Warriors and honestly it took him a little while. He didn't, he didn't come in and just start playing his best footy. Played a lot of reserve grade. We kind of developed him, but then toward the back end of last season, he was our best player, in my opinion. Really, really like Josh Curran. I think he's a hugely important part of our club for seasons to come. His contract expires at the end of next season, so I'd love to see us extend his deal. I think Josh Curran is going to be one of the pillars of our Ford pack for years to come, uh, and I rate him extremely highly. So I would love to keep Josh Curran on board. I think he's going to be in for his best season to date as well this season. Which kind of drives my theory. I think the Warriors could be in for a good season. And I think Josh Curran is going to be one of the major reasons as to why we could do well. I think where we're going to win our games is in the battle of the Ford Packs. I really like our pack. And I think Josh Curran is an essential member of our starting 13. Whether that is in the back row, uh, second row, or whether that is a lock forward, middle forward player. I think he could excel in either position. So regardless of where they decide to deploy Josh Curran, I think he is a major part of our team going into this season. Next up, we've got Wade Egan, who's signed to the club till the end of 2024. I loved when we initially signed Wade Egan. I rated him really highly, having watched him in the Panthers under 20s and also playing for the Panthers in New South Wales Cup. He didn't really kick on at NRL level for the Panthers. Uh, kind of just didn't get to where they thought he would be. Uh, they were looking at him as their long-term number nine, and then eventually they decided Api Corsau was the man, and they also, in the end, Mitch Kenny kind of overtook Egan as well. So I had really high hopes for him when he was signed to the Warriors. Haven't seen his best. A couple of my mates who are Warriors fans actually really don't rate him. Now, I still rate him highly. I've seen enough from him in the lower grades to see what he can do, but this is a really important year for him. He does need to improve. Uh, but I'm, I'm backing him to do so. I'm going to be backing Wade Egan in for a great season. I think we're going to start to see why he's been signed as the Warriors' first choice nine. Because all the potential's there. Uh, things just didn't really work out for him in his first couple of seasons at the Warriors. So let's hope that this season is his best one yet. I believe there is no reason as to why that can't happen. So I'm backing Wade Egan in for a massive season. Speaking of massive, we've also got Adam Fanua Blake on the books. Spent a lot of time out last year with injury. If we can keep him fit, he is a major part of what is going to get us into that top eight. He is one of our most influential players. He's also one of the best props in the game. I know now probably Fisher Harris is above him. Maybe Junior Paulo, Josh Papali or Josh Papali'i. Uh, I think he wants to be called now. But Adam Fanua Blake is in that absolute top tier of props. I am so stoked that he is in Warriors colours. Uh, and let's hope that the big man stays on the field because I'm tipping a huge year for him. I think he's going to be a massive part of the Warriors. Uh, and yeah, if he stays on the park, then that takes us a long way to contending for a spot in the top eight. Next up, our captain, Torhu Harris. 
signed till the end of 2024. Love Tohu Harris. He's been nothing but consistent, nothing but a leader the entire time. He has been at the club. He is the perfect choice as our uh, as our next captain with the departure of Roger Tuivasa-Shek. So hopefully a huge season in store for Tohu. Next up, Chanel Harris-Tavita. He comes off contract at the end of the season. We are still yet to see kind of what the go is with that. The Warriors initially weren't going to offer him a contract, but then, or at least until like round 10 or round 8 or something. But now they have offered him a contract. I'd say maybe the Redcliffe, or not Redcliffe, I think they're just the Dolphins now, will probably be making a play. I think we'll see a couple of teams make a play for Chanel Harris-Tavita. I know the Raiders were interested in him before they eventually settled on Jamal Fogarty. Uh, but I can definitely see Chanel moving on at the end of the season. I'd lo- I'd, I rate him. I think he could be uh, a long-term Warriors half. I'd love to see him stay at the club. But we have signed Luke Metcalf for next season as well. Uh, so I can see Chanel moving on, but I'd love to see him have a great season. He is only going to benefit from being around Sean Johnson and getting mentored by someone who has a lot of similarities in their game. They're very similar players with their skill sets. To be honest, I think Chanel is a bit more of a rugged defender. He's got a bit of that uh, mongrel in him when it comes to defense, which I really like about Chanel. And even from an early age, he has, he's been confident in terms of his chat. He's been very vocal on the field. Uh, in the huddles, he's not afraid to be the one that speaks up. So I really like Chanel Harris-Tavita. I think if we can keep him, then there's potential. You know, Sean Johnson's only going to be here for a few years. He's closer to the end of the career, end of his career, sorry, to the beginning. So I think it would be awesome if we could just have Sean Johnson kind of mentor Chanel. And then once Sean departs, you know, if we could have Chanel still at the club, I think he could be an amazing player. And he already is one of the younger emerging leaders of the squad. So... In a couple of years' time, I'll back Chanel Harris-Tavita in, if he is still at the Warriors, to be one of our most influential leaders. I really like him as a player. Hopefully he stays, but if he does decide to move on, as I said earlier, once a Warrior, always a Warrior, and I'll be supporting him no matter what colours he's wearing. Uh, following Chanel, we have Sean Johnson. I've gone into him already. So stoked to see him back at the club for the 2022 and 2023 seasons. He's going to be able to pass on some knowledge to those younger halves that we have in our system. Uh, and it's just a bit of a fairy tale. If the Warriors go well, it would be awesome. There's, if the Warriors, like, obviously, such a low likelihood that we're going to win the Premiership this year. But if I could pick any number seven outside Stacey Jones, like, I'm talking anyone currently running around in the NRL or other competitions like that, there's no one I would rather see in the number seven jersey the Warriors' first ever premiership than Sean Johnson. I know how much it would mean to him. I know how much the Warriors mean to him and how much he cares about the club. Uh, of course, you'd have the narrative of his first season in 2011 and all this hype, uh, all this talk, like this is this kid is special, the Warriors are about to explode. And then everything that's kind of happened since then, way, way, way more lows than highs. Even with Sean Johnson and his time in the Sharks, he's battled some really serious injuries. So there would be no one I would rather see as a Warriors first ever premiership winning halfback than Sean Johnson. Will that happen? Probably not. But I fucking, I love having him back. It is a great fairy tale. Uh, And yeah, even if they're in the finals, you know, it's just a good story for him to return to the club after everything he's been through, after everything the club's been through. If they can make it a successful partnership, that would be one of the great narratives of the 2022 season. Next up, Alessia, this name just gets me, Alessia Katoa. 
Uh, Eliezer Katoa. I got to learn that one. I got to practice on that first name. Uh, love Katoa though. He's such a talented young back rower. Hasn't even been playing rugby league for that long. Basically started when he was in the Warriors juniors. Didn't play a heap of games, and the next minute it's like you're in the NRL. So he's still got some developing to do, but he is a scary prospect. I think once he's fully developed, he's going to be one of the best edge back rowers in the game. Uh, and we'll see how he goes this season because he does have competition for spots in Ewan Aitken and Josh Curran uh, and Bailey Surinan, among others. So there are a lot of guys gunning for that back row position. I think we may see Katoa play some reserve grade this season, but I don't think that's a bad thing. I think it's only going to help him develop, uh, grow in confidence, grow as a player, playing more minutes. And I think long term, Katoa is a massive piece of the puzzle in terms of a successful Warriors side. Also, fucking shut up, cunts. <laughs> Second C-bomb. Second C-bomb. I apologize. No more. No more. Uh, try to keep them to a minimum. I think that's the first... First one I've ever dropped in a podcast now too, because uh, yeah, it, it carries a different weight in most places around the world. But also, shut up, cunts. <laughs> anyway, 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 that's the third and final C bomb. We go back to the top thirty now. I apologize if swearing isn't your thing, but I also, if you followed me on Instagram, not just a sports report, you would see I post polls regularly. I posted a poll. Does swearing affect your enjoyment of a podcast? One quite a few people voted too. One hundred percent no. So if swearing does enjoy uh, ruin your enjoyment of a podcast, I do apologize. Uh, if fuckwits fucking talking all the time, even though they know you're recording a podcast and just being general pests, is uh, ruins your enjoyment of the podcast, then I'm with you because it also ruins my enjoyment of recording it. Anyway, I am going to jump back into the top 30 now. It looks like... Looks like we're good. Looks like they're leaving. They are leaving? Good result. Okay. Back to the top 30, we've got Edward Cozy. Uh, He is a really quality winger. I think with our lack of depth in the wing position, we're going to see a lot of Ed this season. He played quite a bit last season too. Really liked what I saw from him. He's got a quality build. I think he's really going to be really good for kick returns. So... Good result. Great to have Cozy in the top 30. Great to have my housemate leaving. Uh, but at least, if you're a regular on the podcast, you would have heard some interruptions of the Beatles. He fangs, fangs is like 60s and 70s music. So let's look with a half glass full approach. One, he's left. Two, there have been no yellow submarines, no fucking ABBA, Man After Midnights, no singing. Uh, so... Plenty to be positive about. And that goes for the Warriors too. There are, there's plenty to be positive positive about than with the Warriors. So now I'm sweating and I'm slowly just losing my mind. Uh, it has been an hour and a half plus extra time pausing and stuff like that with no fan. And now I am just sweating balls. So let's get back through this podcast. Then I can do my prediction and then I can chuck that fan back on. So we've got Matt Lodge, 2022, he's signed for. He's got a player option for next season. My money's that he goes to the Dolphins. He is, his partner is, I don't know her name, but her father is Peter O'Sullivan, who is now the recruitment agent at the Dolphins. He was also the recruitment agent at the Warriors, who happened to get his son over and Matt Lodge over, who is essentially fucking his daughter. Like, I'm, I was trying to say partner, like that is the most crude way to put it. But 
I think Matt Lodge is going to go to the Dolphins. I do think we're going to see him end up there. Uh, and I think he'll get a pretty decent decent pay packet because, yeah, he's with the recruitment agent's daughter. So I guess they would want to give him a bit of money. I know he's on a fair bit of money at the Warriors. So Matt Lodge, I'd like to see him stay. Very conscious. I could spend an hour talking about Matt Lodge. I think we, we kind of know his story by now. Uh, yeah, but it's weird. It's weird, Matt Lodge. It's a strange situation. I actually, I really love him as a player. I think he's a great fit for the Warriors. I would love to see him stay, but I'm picking him to go to the Dolphins. I think Peter O'Sullivan is going to get him over there on a pretty healthy deal. Now we've got Marcelo Montoya. He is off contract at the end of the season, came over from the Bulldogs. He's decent. I honestly didn't really rate him at the Bulldogs, but the Bulldogs have been shit as well. Like the Bulldogs sides he was playing in weren't that good. Uh, and then when I actually watched him in Warriors colours last season, great defender, really, really goes hard, puts his best foot forward. Uh, Marcelo Montoya has a fan in me now. I really like him as a player. So hopefully a big season for him. I've actually got him as the first choice left winger. I think he's going to be playing a lot of NRL this season, mainly on the wing, but I also see him filling in in the centres. So he's a handy player to have. He can fill a couple of positions. And his enthusiasm and kind of his intent in the way he goes about playing the game I really like it. I can't fault his effort. And I also think some of my perceptions of him when he was playing at the Bulldogs was kind of just down to him being in a shit team. So no offense to Bulldogs fans. like, But let, let's be honest, the teams of the last couple of years have been poor. Not this coming season, though. Not this coming season. You guys have an awesome team. Awesome team. If you'd like to go back and listen to my Bulldogs NRL season preview that is already on Spotify, that was actually the first one I did in this series. Next up, Jack Murchie for the Warriors, also coming off contract, came over from the Canberra Raiders. Quite a highly rated young back rower. Needs to hold on to the ball. That's kind of one perception I have. Really quality, like fast, strong, knows how to break the line. But just a, a few too many knock-ons. I've seen a lot of times where he gets that short ball at the line and then just spills it. Uh, I still rate him. I'd like him to stay at the Warriors. Uh, I'd like him to push for the spot. But as I said, we have some really strong depth in the back row. Uh, and he needs to fix the ball handling. He really does, because he, he does drop a lot of balls. Uh, so Jack Murchie, one to watch this season. I do, th- I do rate him highly. I think he has a ton of potential. Uh, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see whether Jack Murchie is still at the Warriors at season's end, or maybe whether he goes to another club, maybe even the Dolphins. Uh, next up, Ben Murdoch Masilla. Big, big unit. Love Big Ben. Uh, really keen to see him come back from his injury. It was great seeing him at the Warriors last season for his first season there. Came back from the Super League and I didn't. Rem- I'd, I'd seen him play. He played at the West Tigers back in the day, like 2010, 2011 kind of vibe, and the Penrith Panthers. And I mustn't have been paying much attention because when he came back, I was like, holy shit, this dude is huge. I don't remember him being this much of a big unit, but he's a big, powerful unit. Love Ben Murdoch Masilla. I really hope we see a lot of him in the NRL this season because he's a bit of a game-breaking forward. You chuck him on the edge, run him at those small halves, he would be a tough, tough back rower to contain. I also like him in the middle. His preference seems to be playing on the edge, uh, but we have seen him play in the middle for Tonga, and fuck, if you saw how he played in the middle for Tonga, elite, elite, up against the world's best as well, so... Ben Murdoch Masilla, can't wait to see him back in Warriors colours this season. 
This is first mention in this podcast, but definitely an honorable mention. Big bopper, ton of talent. Can people stop messaging me, please? Uh, it's probably just dominoes, honestly. Uh, now, Cody Nikarima, also off contract at the end of the season, has spoken about a desire to return to Queensland. He's also spoken about his desire to play in the halves this season. He says, I don't want to move around. I want to be playing in the halves. Well, I've got Sean Johnson and Chanel Harris-Tavita as my starting halves. I love Cody. I rate him a lot, but he was coming off the bench playing dummy half toward the back end of last year. And when he runs the line as a half, like he looks awesome, but uh, it's easy to be critical because I'm not the one playing. I'm just sitting my ass on the couch watching as a fan, but uh, Cody needs to run the line more. If he wants to be a half, he needs to run the ball more because that's when he's dangerous. That's when he creates opportunities. I just didn't see enough of it. I like him as a dummy half. I think a lot of people do. Uh, he's really talented dummy half. He gives great service. He's a pretty handy defender in the middle for such a small uh, frame comparatively to the big forwards that are running at him. But I like Cody as our number 14. I'd like to see him coming off the bench, relieving Wade Egan at uh, dummy half and jumping into the halves if there are any injuries or things like that. Whoop, just dropped my vape on my phone. It's always good. Um, but yeah, Cody Nikarima, I, if you want to play in the halves, start running the ball. And I actually really like him as a player, really rate him. I, I think he's going to go to Queensland. I, I think this will be his last season at the Warriors. But for mine, I wouldn't. he's not starting in the halves of mine in my Warriors best 17. I saw plenty of times where I would have loved him to run the ball. He had plenty of opportunities as our starting half. Uh, and yeah, I just, I don't know. There were glimpses. I was like, yeah, I can see this guy being our long-term half, but... He just, yeah, the, the running of the ball. You look at the best sides, Penrith Panthers, Nathan Cleary, how much of a dangerous ball runner is he? How many tries does he score from just taking the line on? Uh, Cooper Cronk was always a really great, great player at knowing when to take the line on. Uh, Mitchell Pierce was a great player taking the line on. Young Sam Walker is really good at it. I just think Cody Nicarima, if you want to be a half in the NRL, you've just got to take the line on a couple more times because... When he did, he looked great, but it just wasn't happening enough. Uh, and if he's playing in the seven jersey, he's playing between six and seven. But I think Sean Johnson is better in terms of being that organizing half that can also kind of take the line on when he sees fit. And then Chanel Harris-Tavita as that running 5'8", who takes on the line a little bit more. I don't see a place for Cody Nikarima in the six or seven, at least to start the season. I would like him as the number 14 uh, coming on and relieving the dummy half. But he said that's not what he wants to do. His preference is to be in the halves, but my preference after watching the last couple of seasons is uh, if he's not going to run the ball, then I don't really want him in the halves. Uh, but we may see him move on anyway to the Dolphins or one of the Queensland or even Sydney sides. Uh, and best of luck to him because he's a very, very quality player. This is just my perception. I'm sorry if it was a little bit harsh. Uh, and it, as I said, it's really easy for me to say like, oh, he doesn't run the line. Like, fuck, I probably wouldn't. But it's just, it's just what I see as a fan, and it's what I think. Uh, and he he's already wants to go to Queensland anyway. So it's like, why well, put you in the halves, and then you'll be gone next season, and we'll just be looking for another half anyway. So I really, really, really like Chanel Harris-Tavita and Sean Johnson as our halves. And I'd honestly probably be thinking of Ash Taylor before Nikarima, unless Nikarima can really stand up and say, that's, that's what I want to see, essentially. I'm more than happy for Cody to be our starting half. But he needs to own it. He needs to come into the preseason, put his best foot forward. And when he gets a go in the trials, he needs to say, like, this is my fucking spot. 
He needs to grab it, otherwise I'd like to see him in the number 14. My preference, Chanel Harris-Tavita and Sean Johnson, but I'm willing to listen to anyone who would have Nicarima over Chanel. Uh, and then, of course, Ashley Taylor is in that conversation as well. But my first choice half pairing, I am going with Chanel and Sean Johnson. Now we move on to Taniela Otukolu, my player to watch this season. Great quality young hooker, signed till the end of 2024. Aaron Penne, signed from the Storm. We've got Iliesa or Junior, also known as. Ratuva, really good quality young winger. Had spent time in the Melbourne Storm system. Came over to us last season, but had a um, season-ending injury. That's what they call it. Uh, but Rituva has massive, massive wraps on him. A lot of people uh, that I know in Warriors circles actually think this kid is going to be our starting left winger. They think as the season progresses, this is going to be our guy on the wing that we really back in to be a special talent. So keep an eye out for Rituva. I, I definitely will be. I haven't seen a whole heap of him. He's supposedly very quick, very strong and agile. Uh, but I'm hearing nothing but good things about him. So I do expect to see him make his NRL debut this year. And he's going to be one of the players that I am definitely watching with interest. Then we've got Pride Pedersen Robardi. He was with the squad last year, not in the top 30, I don't believe. Uh, he's been spending most of his time in recent seasons playing in the Queensland Cup. Uh, Adam Pompey signed for another couple of seasons. Ash Taylor signed for this season. Sorry, excuse me. Uh, Bailey Surinan, really good player for this season and next season. I really like Bailey Surinan. I think we'll see him kick on to greater heights this year now that he's had a year to really familiarize himself with the players and the system and the game plan. I think we're going to see Bailey Surinan take things to that next level. Uh, his preference is to be on the edge, but I actually really like him as well as a number 13 option or a middle forward option. Uh, I think with the modern day lock and kind of how the modern day forward role is being adjusted and changed i think that really kind of plays well into the hands of bailey surinan i think he could be a quality number 13 good offload really good passing game he can play in the halves he has actually played in the number six for the warriors i know uh he, when he was at the west tigers he was obviously at the rabbitos as well but he played a lot of footy for the west tigers in new south wales cup at lock and he also played in the halves quite a bit for the west tigers new south wales cup so I think he'd be suited really well to a bit of a number 13 role slash edge back rower. Most likely starts the season off the bench, but I think he's going to be an important part of the squad throughout the season. Then we've got Jazz Tavanga. Really love Jazz, the way he goes about the uh, about his business. Sorry, He is off contract. He's got a player option for next season. So it'll be really interesting because his minutes were slashed quite a lot. He had much less of a role within the side under Nathan Brown. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see whether that continues, because if it does, I think Jazz Tavanga might say, hey, I'm going to take my player option. I'm going to go elsewhere. Do we see him go to the Dolphins? Maybe. I think maybe we see him go. I know the Bulldogs have spoken about being interested in him, and they've also lost John Asiata, so that kind of does open up a middle forward role. Uh, I can see Jazz Tavanga leaving the club, unfortunately, but my preference would be for him to stay uh, he's a great player. He's kind of like, I don't know, he just has that little bit of oomph about him, you know? He's getting in players' face. He's one of those players that if he was playing for the opposition team, I'd be like, fuck, this guy is such a pest. Like, this guy sucks. Uh, but when they play for your team, you love it. Like, you know, he's getting in people's faces. Anytime, put it this way, anytime there is a scuffle in a Warriors game, Jazz Tavanga is front and center. If he didn't start it, he'll be, he'll be coming in. 
He didn't instigate it. Like, he's coming straight in anyway. Uh, he's a bit of a pest, and I love it. Like, I genuinely love it. Uh, and he's a great player as well. Plays well above his weight. Uh, and he just adds a different a point of difference in the Ford pack. We've got a lot of big boppers. It's good to have a different body shape, especially with, like, his passing game, offloading as well, his ability that he can play dummy half. So if you have him out there on the field as a middle forward, he's also there. Say Wade Egan, you know, he's struggling to get to the play the ball. You've got Jastavanger there as well that can just little things like that that can keep the ball rolling, keep momentum on your side. So he's a really important player for the Warriors. Hopefully he stays from uh, next season onwards. Uh, Viliami, oh, sorry, Violet, who is a really young prospect in the centres, rated really highly. I believe his preference is to play at right centre. We may see him at left centre as well or on the wing. He made his debut last season. I think we're going to see a heap more from him. He, like Rocco Berry, is one of these young backline talents that I think we're going to build the club around for years to come. So I think Viliami Violet would love to see him get a little bit more game time this season, but I'm happy for us to be patient and develop him because I really do see him as a part of the long-term future of the New Zealand Warriors. That leaves us with our last two players on the top 30 as I sweat immensely and very furiously. Uh, we've got Reese Walsh. Talk about him maybe going to the Dolphins. And you know what? I'm not even going to get into that because I don't even want to think about it because it could definitely happen. So I'm going to think about that when it comes. Uh, we just lost two of us a Sheck. Uh, I'm still in pain. I'm still grieving. I don't even want to think about Reese Walsh going to the Dolphins. If the Warriors can be successful, then that really helps our chances of keeping him. Uh, but yeah, nervous. But yeah, Reese Walsh, he will be suspended for round one this season. But I think he's in for a big season. He's still going to have mistakes, which he did have in his first season. But he's learning. You've got to understand these kids aren't going to be guns every single week. It takes a lot of time to learn your game to get used to playing in the NRL. I know they usually say it takes about 50 to 100 games to be an NRL player, probably closer to 100 to truly be like an NRL player. Uh, and he, he's only got a handful of games. I think by the time we see Reese Walsh at the 100 game mark, we'll be like, wow, he played what, like seven and he's already making the Queensland Maroons origin squad. So the best is absolutely yet to come for Reese Walsh. Let's hope that's in Warriors colors. Uh, if the Dolphins take him, I'll be off them. I'll straight up be off them. Right now, I really like them. I wish them all the best. I like their signings. I like their coach. I like their whole setup. Uh, if they take Reese Walsh, they'll be dropping C-bombs. I will be unapologetically dropping C-bomb city. Uh, yeah, it'll be a pretty foul podcast. So Reese Walsh, if you're listening, which you're 100% not, please just stay Please, please, man. We've fucking done it so tough. The Warriors, we've done it so tough. And you're such a star. You look like you're going to be a gun. We lost two of us a shake. We identified, uh, identified, identified, what? <laughs> we identified you as our long-term guy. Please stay. I will not hesitate to slide into his DMs with like a desperate voice message. Like, please, please, please stay. So yeah, Reese Walsh, please stay. If anyone listening knows him, please tell him to stay. Fuck the Dolphins. Uh, yeah, that's how I feel about the Dolphins right now. Hearing that. You have, have Matt Lodge. You can take Matt Lodge. 
and leave us with Reese Walsh. And if you take both, you guys are fucking dogs. That is how I feel about the Dolphins right now, hearing that news. Uh, but yeah, Reese Walsh, young kid, if he decides to go home, if he gets homesick, in quotation marks, slash money, and yeah, just fucking bullshit. Uh, if he gets homesick, whatever, I'm not going to hold it against him. Uh, and I wish him all the best, but yeah, fucking, I don't even want to think about it. Don't even want to think about it. I can already see the headlines, homesick this, homesick that, and just, uh, <laughs> that's how I feel about that. So moving on from Reese Walsh to the final player on our list, Dallin Wateni Zalesniak, signed till the end of 2024. We are going to see him perform much better, I believe. He came over mid-season from a struggling Bulldog side last season. He is going to be a hell of a lot better for having a preseason under his belt. I think we'll see him fill in at fullback when Reese Walsh is out as well. Uh, and yeah, with Tony Zalesniak, I wasn't sure on him as a signing just because of the money we're paying him. Uh, but I think he'll end up going really well. He is a really quality winger. I think that's kind of what we need. We already kind of had it in Fusatua, but his situation was kind of complex. So yeah, I don't even know whether we would have kept him regardless. Pardon me, regardless. And Dylan Wateni Zanazniak is a pro. He's played at the highest level. He's played in the NRL. He has capped into the New Zealand Kiwis. Uh, so he is an important member of the squad. I'm excited to see how he goes with a full preseason under his belt. And that's that's the top 30. That is the New Zealand Warriors top 30 squad. Uh, now it is time to jump into my prediction. Then I'll tell you kind of why. Uh, and then, yeah, that'll be it for the Warriors season preview. It has been the longest one yet. No surprise, because as I said, I am a huge Warriors fan. I go, I watch a lot of sport. I'm a fan of a lot of teams. But if you ask me my number one team in any sport, it is the New Zealand Warriors. So I thought I'd make this a long one. I thought I'd really go in depth because they are my team. And the Warriors don't get a heap of coverage, you know. Like, I don't watch NRL 360 because I reckon it's just kind of dog shit and, like, super agenda-driven. Uh, but a lot of these shows, not much worries, chat. Not as much as I would like. Like, I've always found, I'm like, man, when are we going to talk about the Warriors? I guess we do suck as well. Like, usually we're not even close to the eight. But, like, talk a bit about the Warriors. Come on, man. Like, and girls, too. Whatever. But, yeah, I'd love to hear some more Warriors chat. And so, if you are the same... And I think you're really going to enjoy my NRL previews throughout the year. I'm going to be going through every round before the round starts, giving predictions, whatnot, looking through the teams, things like that. And I'm I'm going to be covering the Warriors. I, I, won't, I won't be, you know, going out of my way to fucking strictly Warriors. Like, I'm going to share all the attention around. I'm going to be going into every team, not just the Warriors because they're my team. Like, I'm going to be going in-depth with every team, but... If you feel like you're not getting enough Warriors chat and enough Warriors content, then there is going to be plenty on the podcast throughout the year. I'm going to be joined by my friend JJ as well, who uh, we're slowly starting to work on some two-person podcast ideas uh, under the Not Just a Sports Report banner. We did our first one on Sunday. We actually did a UFC 270 thoughts and comments. So we watched the whole card all the way through to the heavyweight championship main event between Francis Ngannou and Cyril Ghan, uh, and kind of just giving thoughts and comments before each fight and after each fight. So myself and JJ, we're going to be doing some UFC content. I'm also going to be doing a lot of individual UFC content still, like my preview and predictions podcasts. 
Uh, and then JJ is going to be joining me for my NRL previews more often than not throughout the season. So we'll be jumping into a lot. I believe he's a Melbourne Storm supporter. I am a Warriors supporter. Uh, and yeah, I, I, just as I said, if you're a Warriors fan, I'm going to be giving plenty of time to the Warriors this season. Uh, and I'll be giving it from a perspective of a Warriors fan. So if you're one too, you'll probably be able to relate to some level because we've all been let down by them uh, and we've all been excited by them. And if you're a Warriors fan, most of us are excited as every season. Every season we keep the faith and every season it is our year and they will be no different for the 2022 season. So it's time for me to jump into my official prediction for the 2022 season and where I think the New Zealand Warriors will finish. Maybe not where I think they'll finish. This is my most biased. This is the only one that's going to be biased. I'm going to give you a spoiler alert. They are in my top eight. I am Denard. I was like, who do I take out? I see all of these sides making the eight before the Warriors. Is it unprofessional for me to do this and put the Warriors in? Maybe, but what profession is this? This is my fucking podcast. This is for fun. So yeah, I'm putting them in and sorry. I've got the Warriors in my eight, and I basically was like, okay, are they, are they ninth? Are they lower? Are they eighth? I was like, if they're in the eight, I'm putting them in eighth. I don't think they finish much higher. I, I can't see them finishing seventh. And so my official prediction, I'm taking the Warriors in fifth. I, I armed an ad, and I was like, are they in the eight? Are they eighth place? Are they out of the eight? Are they eighth place? Are they out of the eight? Are they eighth place? And then I just went, fuck it. I'm going to back them in. I'm going to put them in fifth. I'm putting them in for a huge season. As I said, is this biased? Yes. Yeah, it is. But that's where I'm putting them. And I think they can do it. I, I think they can do it. Looking through the draw, I do think they can do it. Uh, whether they do that remains to be seen. It is a big ask for a team that has been so mediocre, uh, mediocre? <laughs> mediocre for quite some time now. Quite some time. One finals appearance in the last 10 years, and we got knocked out in the first round of the finals. Very bold of me to say fifth, but if we keep Sean Johnson on the park, Adam Fanua Blake on the park, and a few of these other guys, I really do think we can do it. So I'm predicting fifth. It is wishful thinking, but I'm manifesting a huge season for the players, the staff, and the fans. Manifesting the fuck out of it. Visualizing. Thinking, like, how would it feel? How would it feel? to watch the Warriors come fifth. It feels good, I'll tell you that much. Manifesting the shit out of it, and to continue with the manifestation, I'm putting them in fifth. I'm saying fifth. I want it to go fourth. There's, there's like, yeah, there's kind of a line. Putting them in fifth, I think you can probably accept that. Putting them in fourth is a bit of a piss take. I can't, I can't see them doing it, but I was like, I don't want to just completely take the piss out of my audience because I am taking people's team. There is a team that has to miss out for me to put the Warriors in, but I'm putting them in and I'm putting them in fifth place. There are no more excuses like in previous seasons. And I know that this side expect to play finals football this season. As a true fan, I cannot keep them out of my top eight. I wouldn't have chosen them in my top eight if I supported another team, but I don't. I support the Warriors. I'm a Warriors fan. Yes, this is extremely biased, but it feels so wrong to not get around them before the season has even started. If you had a podcast, tell me if you were doing season previews, would you put your team out of the eight? Maybe. Maybe you would. Maybe you would. But I can see on Instagram, I've been seeing Bulldogs fans saying, this is our year, we're going to kill it this year. I've been seeing Tigers fans 
do it. So, like, if they can fucking do it, I'm doing it. I'm putting the Warriors in fifth. If you're offended, I don't care. Go the fucking Warriors. Uh, and that's it. I've got the Warriors in fifth place. Manifesting a huge season. Big season for Chanel Harris-Tavita. Uh, I think our Ford pack, if they can stay on the field, I think that is going to be a major key to success. I really like Adam Fanua Blake and Matt Lodge as our starting front row uh, rotation. Aaron Penne and Bunty Afoa. Love them coming off the bench, or when they start, I rate them just as highly starting. So I really like our whole squad. Love the team. Cannot wait for the season to start. And yes, as I said, this is biased. Please forgive me. But to end this on a high note, my prediction, I am going the New Zealand Warriors to finish in fifth place this 2022 NRL season. If I'm wrong, I'll be the first one to put my hand up. I will own it. I will take my licks. But... If we go well, remember this. Remember this. Remember when you laughed at me. Remember when you laughed at me and thought I was a dickhead for putting the Warriors in fifth. Let's wait and see where they are when the season finishes. And as I said, if we go crap, I, I will own it. I'll be the first person to put my hand up. But I am not writing the Warriors off before the season has even begun. They are in my top eight. I went from putting them in ninth to eighth. At some stage, they were 12th or 13th. I settled on 5th. So yeah, I'm pumped. I'm really pumped about their chances. I'm going to leave them in 5th position. I had a really, really tough time picking 4th. Uh, I still am, to be honest. I'm still... There are a handful of teams that I'm like, uh, who, who goes the better of these teams? But I've got the Warriors in 5th. So that is it for my Warriors preview and predictions uh, for 2022 season. If you enjoyed this podcast, I will be checking up heaps of NRL ones in the coming days. I've still got more than half of the uh, competition to go through, so there's still a lot of NRL content to be released. I'll be trying to pump one out every day, or at least one every two days from this point out, so that we can get them all done before the season kicks off. So if you enjoyed this podcast, please follow me on Spotify. You'll be able to see whenever the new NRL podcasts come out, as well as UFC we're even looking, myself and JJ, at doing some Australian Open this weekend. So nothing's off limits, uh, just a little bit of casual Australian Open, which is taking place here in Melbourne. But uh, if you're mainly interested in the NRL, that is going to be predominantly the majority of my content, along with UFC. So subscribe on Spotify, not just the sports report. You'll be able to see whenever new NRL content drops. And if you follow us on Spotify, you won't just be able to see whenever new NRL podcasts are posted. You'll be getting access to NRL news breaking news in terms of signings. I'll give you, give you one now. Kenny Bromwich off to the Dolphins, not to be confused with his brother Jesse, who has already signed. It's looking like Kenny Bromwich is going to go and join him, uh, join his brother, sorry, and his teammate in Felice Kafusi over at the Dolphins. So there are going to be plenty of news posts, a lot of updates, a lot of other fun stuff as well. I've been working on a movie review coming up. I've been looking at doing food reviews and things like that. It's going to be very broad. There's going to be a lot of stuff to cover. Hopefully there's something for everyone, but if NRL is all you're really interested in, then there is good news for you because there is going to be a heap of NRL content. So until next time, thank you so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed this Warriors season preview. Now I'm really pumped. Now this kind of gets things real, that the season is fast approaching. Uh, we are just over a month away I cannot wait. I'll be wearing my Warriors jersey. I will be cheering the boys on. Hopefully you'll be cheering your team on as well. Win, lose, or draw. I hope whichever team you support 
has a great season. And as you can tell, I'm hoping the Warriors have a great season too. But regardless, it's the journey of the footy season, the highs and the lows. The lows make the highs higher as well. I haven't experienced the highs with the Warriors in a very long time. But in the AFL, my other the team I support, the Melbourne Demons, were dead shit. So, 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 so shit. Cannot emphasize it enough. If I hadn't like an equivalent in the NRL, like Bulldogs came last last year. Uh, if I could compare them to where the Melbourne Demons were at when I was supporting them, it's like not even close. Like the Bulldogs still all right, still semi-competitive. Like the Melbourne Demons were awful. I was genuinely worried. I was like, are they broken? Are they permanently broken? Like, are they ever going to win again? That's the point it was getting to. And we won the premiership. We won the AFL season last year it was awesome you do have to ride the lows to be able to truly appreciate the highs so that's the warriors in a nutshell i've rode the lows i have rode many many lows i'm ready to ride the highs i'm ready for a big ambush warriors season let's hope it happens and let's hope that your team has an awesome nrl season too i'd love to know who you support feel free to make a comment on the instagram or send us a message if i don't drop my vape whoops uh, send us a message. Let me know what team you support. If you have any insight, anything you'd like me to address in the podcast when I go through your team, if I haven't already. Uh, and yeah, that basically is it for this Warriors season preview. So up next, I think we've got the Cronulla Sharks. No, we've got uh, St. George Dragons, I believe. I believe it'll be going Dragons, Sharks, and then... No, Dragons, fucking hell. What a poor, poor description of what's coming up. Uh, so next up, I will have my St. George Dragon season preview, followed by the Canberra Raiders, followed by the Cronulla Sharks. There we go. So those are the next three coming out. As I said, I'm going to be trying to put out one a day now, or one every two days, depending on what else I'm recording. So there are going to be NRL season previews coming thick and fast. The next one will be the St. George Illawarra Dragons. So again, thank you for listening, and until next time, take care of yourself.